Yeah. Yeah. Pro Fan Sports Podcast. Let's get it. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Every single week, get the dope fam. Sean on the mic, very flat too. Keep you updated, that's what we do. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Pro Fan. Tune into the program. Every single week, get the dope fam. Yo, yo, what it do, everybody? It's your boy, John Altado with Pro Fan Sports Podcast, where the fans of the pros go back at you with my boys, Vlad and Barry. What's good, guys? What's going on? What's up? What's... Hey, what's up, everybody? We're uh, good to be here, as always, uh, and excited and looking forward to another episode. We're on episode 49, baby. One more to 50. We're almost episode... at the big 5-0. Episode 49. Yo, it's kind of crazy. Like, we're almost at, at 51. 50. Um next month on the 24th will make us a year you know since the first podcast dropped you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying um it's been crazy but um episode 49 so that's uh chris sale oh when he was on the white Sox. on the white uh, Sox. That, yeah his current number is 41. i'm gonna so. go white Sox, chris Sale. <laughs> cool cool that's good uh we got tim wakefield yes we're talking that knuckleballer mm-hmm. uh and we got uh joe cardona oh joe cardona the from, from the snapper. Patriots, long snapper, yeah, yep. and also maybe a uh, steel guy. So mm-hmm. shout out to him. Salute, right, right. I'll shoot and can't think of any other 49s that have played. This is uh, I got one more. Ooh. I got uh, Tremont Edwards, Edmonds, Tremont Edmonds, Tremaine Ooh, Edmonds, Tremaine that's Edmonds. Edmonds. That's yeah, it from the Bills, from the Bills. Like the yes, from the Bills. Yeah, Tremaine nice. Edmonds. I'm, I'm like, surprised hmm. I didn't think of him. That's I was trying one. to think of the name like Draymond, Tremont, like Tremaine, no, no, Tremaine. That's Tremaine. it, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, no, so definitely shout out to him. He had a really good year and uh, and, and did his thing for sure for the, for the Bills. So, and he's a really good player, I like him too. So yeah, I think we're at 49 is a weird number. There's not um, much 49s other than those guys. I look some up, and there's a lot of um, older guys. I'm like, guys that I don't really know, probably like retired guys, you know, and the more recent ones are like nobody notable. So I'm like, mm. Right, right, exactly. Knowing that anybody would know or, and any of us, you know, would know. Right. Yeah, that's a weird number, but at least we're able to come up with a few. Like we got a few names. Right, but on to episode 49, and as always, please follow us on social media. We're on Instagram. We're actually really popping on Instagram, so follow us, profans underscore sports. We're doing numbers, man, so get yeah, on there, Instagram you know what I mean, before everybody else, you know what I mean? Right, um, right. We're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash profansports. We're on twitter.com slash profansports. Um, we got numbers on there, too. And we're on youtube.com slash profansports. If you're watching this video already, you're there. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, share, comment, hate, like, whatever. Um, we're here for it all. Um, don't forget that our episodes drop every Tuesday, 8 a.m. on Tuesday mornings, and our videos drop every Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and before we start, we got to say happy belated birthday to uh, a goat, right? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Is he the goat? MJ. A goat? What do we say now? Because Brady just won seven. Is he the goat? A goat? One goat? Uh, one of the goats. I, okay. I guess you could say that. One one of the goats. He's certainly, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, one of the goat of, of, of goats. I don't know if he is the goat, but. Well, at least in basketball, he's but uh, uh, you know, let's not let's not get in, let's not get into that. Right, right. right. I know we, <laughs> we've had that conversation before on this podcast, so I'm sure we don't want to 
go there since we have a lot to right. get to today. But he's definitely among the, the go-to goats without question. He's on the Mount Rushmore. In, in Absolutely. Now, he's I'll the go-to basketball. 100%. You know? Yeah, I'm with you on that, Brad. But yep. you're all together. John has a different, you know, opinion on that. So we'll, we'll let that We can't all be the same, guys. We can't all be the same. Right, right. Well, yeah, man, uh, February 17th, that was his birthday. Um, What is he, 49, 50 now, or something like that? 58. 50? So yeah, almost 60, 58, right. What was I thinking? I'm like, that dude's old, man. 58. <laughs> and, hey, you know. OG, man. OG. Yeah, but he don't look no 58. Like, nah, he looks dudes, good for his age. He looks good for 58. Stu could look like our brother or something, you know? No, for real. Hopefully we look that good when we we're 58. And hopefully we're still doing this podcast at, at that point. Who knows? No, nah, no, nah, I don't want to be doing that podcast. I want to be... You want to be retired, huh? Yeah, on an island somewhere with my feet up. You know what I'm saying? Like, more part... No, 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 no. Yeah, he's like, no, nah, nah, I'm not going to be podcasting. <laughs> my podcasting days will be... Career is over. Before. You know, yeah, right, right. It, it did what it was supposed to do, what we started it for. And, you know, we just put ourselves in a position to do bigger, better things. Well, yeah, I mean, hopefully we are in that position where we could, you know, retire you know, earlier or earlier in that, in that age because, you know, some people aren't able to retire, still have to work, so. I mean, knowing us, you know, in our backgrounds, we'd probably still be working anyway because I feel like we're not people that just, like, sit around doing nothing. I mean, it's, I mean I'm mean, i not anyway. Is that yeah, you, Vlad? Well, I don't know if I'll be working, working. Hopefully I just have my money for it. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Right, that's yeah. it. You know, we got no, the money absolutely. working. That's the goal. Yes, yes. Make your money work for you. That's it, man. You know, don't no, forget right. to invest in these stocks. I don't know about it. Go learn for yourself. Um, oh, you do stocks, John? I, 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 I didn't no, 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 no. I just said I don't know about it. Go learn for yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I do a little bit. I dabble. I dabble. You know, but um, let's get into the show here. We're going to do the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL. We're going to give you updates on everything. Um, Let's start with the NFL, though, where there's a couple things going on um a first rounder you know another first rounder got traded this offseason you know first we saw Jared Goff go into the Detroit for Matthew Stafford and now we got Carson Wentz who was traded to the Colts um for a 2021 third round pick and a 2022 second round pick they both could turn into first round picks if Wentz plays 75 percent of the snaps how y'all feeling about that trade um who who wins in this situation I think that's a great trade both sides um it's a great trade. It's not outrageous like the Matthew Stafford, uh, Matthew Stafford trade. I think that the Colts are going to get a player that's, that can play if he can stay healthy. Um, and I think Philly is also getting basically two first round. I think if, if um, Carson Wentz stays healthy and he plays 70, 75% of the snaps, both of those picks are going to turn into a first round. So I think that'll be good for Philly. And then if Carson Wentz stays healthy, I think he'll be a good, steady quarterback going to Colts and there. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna go a little different here. I think certainly, uh, as of now, the Colts I think have the upper hand and won this this deal. I think you know the Eagles are as of right now they're on the losing end of the deal, but that could you know change, and it it all comes down to how you know Jason Jalen, excuse me, Hurts plays and how he develops, and if he can become uh, a franchise you know quarterback in in the NFL. Uh, you know, but certainly, I uh, think that they're certainly on the losing end because uh, I mean, there's a lot of dead money that's going to be on their salary cap, the most in NFL history, history. 3.8. And I mean, when you have that kind of, you know, you know, that kind of dead money on your cap room, you know, you can't really, uh, you know, you're not really going to be able to do much, you know, with the roster and in, in, in terms of being able to improve it. 
uh, at least for, you know, for the short term uh, until, you know, and, and until that goes away and, and that takes a little while. So I think, um, you know, pretty much Billy knew that they couldn't bring Carson Wentz and that their relationship with him, the Eagles organization and him was too far gone where uh, they, you know, had to, you know, make a move and they had to, uh, you know, trade him somewhere. And really in, Indy was pretty much the only team that was willing to take him, uh, you know, which is good for him that he's able to go over there, um, you know, with his former uh, quarterbacks coach or coordinator, but nonetheless, they were together in Philly for some time. So they certainly have a good relationship and, uh, you know, and, and feel comfortable and confident in each other. So I think that's certainly, you know, going to be a good, that's a good start already. And he's going to a good team and the Colts were a playoff team last year. And, uh, you know, they have, you know, good, you know, running game and one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, the tremendous offensive line. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they probably need to get him some weapons. I know T.Y. is a free agent, uh, but they'll probably bring him back. But they still need to get, like, another receiver or two. Uh, but, you know, certain, they have a really good defense. So, I think, you know, he's if he's able to stay healthy, he's in a really good situation. I think, you know, he can be a solid quarterback in this league. I don't know if he's going to go back to being an MVP caliber uh, quarterback that he was before he got injured. But I still think he can do well and he's in a, you know, better situation now than in, with the Colts than he was um, in Philly. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't think they they had any... It's a no-brainer. He had to go, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's just the way things have turned out, starting with Nick Folk, you know, um, coming in and taking the team to a Super Bowl. Everything that was coming out about the teammates, you know, not following him as the leader, you know, um, the injury issues, uh, him being benched with Jalen Hurts and stuff like that. It's just wasn't going to go back to to a situation where he was going to be comfortable enough to feel like, like you know, 100% that the job was his and he can, you know, um, do with it as, as he pleases, you know, because, I mean, he's always had guys there. And it's like he's one of those guys that actually um, is affected by, like, who the backup is. You know, um, you've seen a lot of other teams, like, the, the starter usually knows, like, that's his job and that's it. You know, they work hard for it, but him, it's like, it's in his head a little more than than the other guys, you know. At least that's what's been reported. Um, but I do I do think it's a win for both sides, you know, because he goes to Frank Wright, who knows how to use him, and maybe you know he gets back to his comfort level. Um, and like you you mentioned, the offensive line, you know, one of the best in the league, and the Eagles hasn't been one of the best in the league for a long time. So um, that's going to help him out a lot because he's been a quarterback that's been hit a lot. You know, some of it is through his own fault, but a lot of it has to do with the line and, you know, going into a team like that um, with a good offensive line, some good offensive weapons, really good defense. Um, they have it together over there. You know, it seems like it's a it's a functioning situation. Um, and I think he's going to thrive in it if he stays healthy and if he's not trying to win every single game with, with one throw. You know what I'm saying? Because um, you can't win games like that in the league. So um, as far as the picks goes, you know, if he ends up being the guy that he was when he came in the league and almost was MVP that year, who cares what we, we traded him for? You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you need a quarterback in this league to win. And if he can bring them, you know, the wins, you know, the picks don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, if you think about, like, the Chiefs, they traded up to go get Patrick Mahomes, you know, and they traded, like, two first-round picks or something like that. And, you know, a lot of people were like, you shouldn't be doing stuff like that. But nobody remembers those picks now. 
right? right he's right. been MVP. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm -hmm. if you feel like he's the guy, then the picks really don't matter. Yeah. You know, it really no, doesn't. Like, right. you that's have to true. do what you have to do to get that guy, and that's just what it is. So, um, we'll see what happens. I don't know about playing the 75% of the game stuff because he's really never done that. Um, so that's going to be huge if he actually. I think does it's it. possible. I think he has a good chance of of doing that. Uh, for sure. I, I mean, I hope so for his sake. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. No, absolutely. The only time well, is he, he did it that one year where they went like 13 and 0 or whatever. It was like 13 and 3. Well, like 11 and 2. No, 11 and 2 before yeah, he got hurt. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's 75%. That's 75%. Right Maybe for sure. that's why they said so, that that 75 that number specifically. So, mm. now I can see why that makes sense. So, mm -hmm. I think I think he has a possibility of doing that and I think as far as the dead cap goes. I think they have Jalen Hurts on a rookie deal, so I think it's going to help them as well um, for the Philadelphia for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think that if those two picks turn into first round, those are draft capitals that they can use instead of using, and or they could use that as trade baits as well for other players. So I think as far as the dead cap goes, I think the rookie deal and those first round picks are going to balance them. Right. Um, speaking of Jalen Hurts, uh, reports just came out that he might not be, you know, like who they want to be as QB number one. So like they may, you know, make a move for in free agency or through the draft to, to get another quarterback. That's like, crazy. Right. Well, I'm not surprised about that because I was hearing reports uh, too, you know, people saying that uh, they're still going to bring in competition uh, for, for him to be able to compete for the starting quarterback job uh, for next season. So uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not too surprised uh, about that. And I think that's really what they should you know, do at, you know, at, at, at during training camp next season is bringing, you know, one or two guys, maybe like a veteran and then draft a guy uh, when it's coming draft since it's a, you know, pretty good quarterback draft. Uh, so, yeah, and then I mean, know, bring, and have the best person, you know. As, it, as an person, organization. Right, as an organization, right, it's, you know, a lot of them, they pump out, like, information out in the media, like, purposefully, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, start a narrative, you know, put something out there in somebody's ear, you know, to get some stuff churning for them. You know what I'm saying? We see teams use it for like leverage and trades. You know, they report that they're talking to certain people and then they've never done that, you know, just to get like another team to do it. Is is this something smart to do to have that in the media, you know, um, about Jalen Hurts, right? Is that smart on their part to like allow something like that? I mean, yeah, certainly I, I think, you know, you you can make a case for either one, but I'd probably be towards yes. More smart for them to do that, you know, just to kind of you know motivate you know the the current guy that they had and and, and make sure that he you know re ready to go and he's ready to play. Um, you know, what when once you know training camp comes next next season to you know just let them know that the job is not completely his. Like, yeah, we may have traded someone. Um, you know. The, you know, those at your position, but just because we made that move, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're, you're, you're in the driver's seat and that the job is, you know, yours. I mean, it, it could be yours. It, it should be if you work, you know, hard enough, but you got to go out and earn it. We're not just going to, you know, give it to you and, you know, just because you're, you know, currently the only guy here, we're going to make you actually work for it. So I think that it's certainly smart for teams to do that when they're in that situation. Uh, you know, so, but then again, it kind of goes to show that maybe they don't have as much confidence in him as we thought. So uh, it'll be an interesting situation with the quarterback um, in Philly. So looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't think they, I think he should all, obviously always have some sort of competition. But 
let's be honest here. He's the he's your first round pick from last year. He started the game over your form multiple games over your starter your former first round. He should be your starter. Like you've given up on another player starter. I think if you're creating the narratives that are not true, that I think that can mess with his psyche and just I don't know derail what's going on down in Philly. I think for them to say or they might draft another QB. I'm like, how many draft capitals are going to use on to have QB when Jalen, Jalen Hurts played? And he played fairly well last year. So I think he should be your starting quarterback. I mean, you bring in backups to back him up. but I mean, you you selected him in the second round. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you don't select quarterbacks, you know, in the top two rounds if you don't plan to, you know, like at least have him as your starter at some point. Um, I understand, you know, bringing in people for competition, things like that. You should always do that. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Um, but it's the stuff in the media. Cause like, I feel like these guys do pay attention to what's going on and, you know, you don't want to create doubt in a, you know, situation that you're trying to build. I mean, that's how I'm looking at it, but I know in a competitive standpoint, like it don't matter what's in the media. Like you got to come in here and perform to your best of your abilities you know, regardless, you got to come in here with the dog mentality to win the job, no matter what is said in the media and things like that. But we know that some players, they're not built like that, you know. Hopefully he's not paying attention to anything like that because I actually like Jalen Hurts a lot. And um, I hope he does, you know, beat out whoever it is. And I think he could be a really good dual threat quarterback in the league. So um, we'll see what happens with him. Um, some more NFL news, uh, actually a tragic news, actually. Vincent Jackson, um you know, former Tampa Bay Bucks, a receiver, big bodied guy. Um, he was found dead in a hotel room. Uh, he had severe alcoholism and suffered from concussion effect. Um, and due to that, actually, his family has elected to donate his um, brain for research, for CTE research. Um, did you guys hear about that? Um, do you remember Vincent Jackson at all? Yeah, he played for San Diego and Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's really sad what happened. Prayers to him. Yeah, no, I definitely remember Vincent Jackson, uh, you know, very well, for sure. He's a pretty good receiver uh, in, in the league. And it's time that he played, uh, you know, in particular with the San Diego Chargers. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's devastating and, and tragic uh, what, what had happened to to him in the last week. And, yeah, I, it's crazy that, you know, he died just at 38. I know when they say that life is too short people think that's just a cliche you know and they just say that to say that but no that's a fact that's that, that's reality this life that's very short and it goes by quick so you definitely have to you know make the best of your time here because you never know what tomorrow will bring and tomorrow's not promised a guarantee for anybody so uh definitely condolences and prayers go out to you know his family uh for their tough you know loss and yeah, and, and definitely God, God bless him. I know it's a terrible tragedy that, you know, that happened. Yeah, um, I mean, um, at least we get to, they get to research what's going on and see, you know, what's happening. And that should, you know, prompt the NFL to do the right thing for the guys that retire, make sure that we're monitoring, make sure that they're getting the help that they need, you know, um, so that things like that are not happening. But like you said, rest in peace to Vincent Jackson. Um, another Jackson, another NFL news, uh, will be released, and I'm talking about Deshaun Jackson uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, it looks like they're, they're purging players right now because, um, you know, Zach Ertz has been rumored, you know, it could be his last year in the in the Eagles. So, you know, they're purging players, and it's going to be a new-look Eagle team. Um, J.J. Watt just released from the Texans. 
mutually parted ways. Uh, there's rumors that he is interested in, you know, talking to the Patriots and possibly joining the Patriots. Um, you guys heard about that, and what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think we talked about it last week. I think it would be, um, I mean, we need all the help we need patients in line. Um, I don't think he's going to come here. I think so. I think he's going to go to to somebody that's competitive, that's ready to I think uh, the rumors that most likely more imp- think that's going to happen is the Browns. That's because I think Browns are an up-and-coming team. They're in the playoffs. Um, they have a lot of talent. And, um, the addition of somebody like J.J. Watt can possibly put them on a more successful route. Like I said, I think if he comes to the Patriots, obviously, I think that's going to work well for the Patriots and Bill Belichick in good situations. I just I don't think he's coming from a Patriots system back in the Texans to a new. Yeah, I, I think certainly, you know, that would be crazy if he does go to the Browns because imagine him and Miles Garrett uh, on the same defensive line. That would be pretty scary and uh, <laughs> and, and pretty, you know, tough to, for any offensive line to be able to go against. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think J.J. Watt is, is coming here. I, you know, doubt that at this point of, you know, his career, he wants to, you know, go to a team that, you know, that's rebuilding and that's, you know, not a playoff contender yet to, to this point, at, at least uh, as of right now. So I think, you know, he's at a point of his career where he wants to go to somewhere where he can win uh, and, and, you know, and, and get a Super Bowl since he hasn't, you know, gotten a Super Bowl yet. Uh, you know, when it's time when the, in the Texans, uh, you know, they haven't, you know, really been too successful in the playoffs. So I think he wants to go somewhere where he can be more successful, you know, in, in the playoffs and, and go on a deep run. Uh, I, I don't see him really, you know, having any sort of interest in coming here so if you know the rumors that they may be interested in coming here, i don't really b- believe it i don't really think think much about it because i, I right see him i mean being here like we said you know the teams put out rumors on their own you know just to get things turning around so we don't know you know what i mean like if i'm him like you guys said i'm not interested in coming here at all um if i'm him i i signed with the packers like two weeks ago you know what i'm saying like wisconsin is like a no-brainer Right, that's his home. Packers are good. They right, won what fourteen? Yeah, right, right. What they won like fourteen games this this year or thirteen games or however many yeah, they yeah, won. They like 13 you know, three in, so in the, yep. you know that's that's your competitor right there. You know, get in that team. You could be an impact on defense. You know, over there. So um, right, I, I they do need more impactful players on defense. So that's particularly on the defensive line. They definitely more destructive uh, on. Yeah, no, for sure they're definitely lacking on that part of you know of, of their defense. So now he would. Definitely be a good, good you know, fit there and 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 a, you know and, and be good for for them to have. So I mean, he could go there. I'm sure there's a few other teams that he could go to as well, where he could be able to have a good role and uh, you know and, and be able to help that team yeah. get over the hump. There's several other teams, you know, um, but somebody that sought out is uh, JJ Watt's former team teammate uh, in Deshaun Jackson. Um, a lot of people are interested in him, obviously. Deshaun Watson. We do this every single week. <laughs> every real, single real. week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know why we can't get it right. But um, Deshaun Watson, um, the Carolina Panthers are clearing up space, you know, to make a big run at him uh, in, you know, when free agency actually opens up next month. Um, so that, that should be big. You know, um, there's other guys that's out there too, you know, like Marcus Mariota. That could be traded somewhere. Derek Carr, you know, um, it's, there's rumors that the Carolina Panthers could trade up in the draft to pick one of the, you know, young QBs and stuff like that. Um, but onto some Patriots news, right? There's a lot of rumors. 
you know, with the Patriots going around about the quarterback situation, you know, we're in a place we haven't been in a really long time. So how do you guys feel about the possibility of Cam Newton, you know, being back to the Patriots? Because a lot of people are predicting that he will be back with the Patriots. Man, um, that sounds really bad. It doesn't sound exciting at all. I, we all were expecting uh, Bill Belichick to have a plan at quarterback once somebody leave, plan that would help us stay in competition, not necessarily go to the Super Bowl, but um, a plan that would at least keep us in the playoff. And last year we saw what that plan gave you, seven and nine from I'm not looking forward for Cam Newton to be the quarterback of the Patriots. Listen, I like him. I wish the best for him, but I just don't think he's time at the pitch at all. And, and if if he comes back, that just tells you how bad of planning Bill Belichick did um, post, post, for, post Brady. Yeah, no, I agree. There, there's no way this guy can, can come back here. I, I, I don't want to see it. And I think it'd be horrific if he does come back. And I think it'd be a god-awful look. Uh, for Bill Belichick, the GM, if he does bring him back. And I think it's insulting to that locker room, to those guys that played with him last year that will be back this, this year. And to, for, him, for him to bring him back, I think that's a horrible message that he's sending to the rest of the locker room and the rest of the team. So, they, you, you know, we gave him a chance. He had his, you know, opportunity up here to, you know, to, to be the starter and, and to be successful. And he just wasn't. It just didn't work out. Uh, you know, I'm, I was with OK, you know, at the time with, you know, them giving him a chance, uh, you know, for one year and, you know, seeing what he has left and seeing what we can do. And we saw what uh, exactly how that turned out and we saw what we can do, which is pretty much absolutely nothing uh, and, and straight garbage. So I, there's, you know, it's BS that there's rumors out there that, uh, you know, he could be coming back next year because I just don't see how you could do that and still have a, you know, with, with better season and a more winning season uh, and, and, you know, get back to the playoffs with him here. Uh, I just don't really want to see it. I think you know, this team needs to go to in, in a different direction and, you know, and go with someone else that, you know, can do the job better at, at quarterback because we clearly know that Cam Newton's just not that guy and just can't, um, you know, you know, to do what you did last year and had that happen again. This franchise and organization can't afford that. And Bill Belichick can't put this team in a position to have a, you know, repeat of, of last year because it was already bad one year enough, let alone two would be even, uh, would be disastrous. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's no way this guy can be back next year. We'll see what happens, you know. Um, I mean, in I definitely agree with you guys. There's no way like Cam Newton should be quarterback in this situation right here. Um, in order for that to happen, I feel like a, a few things would have to happen. Like you need to you need to sign some really good weapons. One, and you have to you have to draft a young QB. You know, you have to maneuver and draft a young QB if you're gonna have him come here and you know be the starter for you know five six weeks and then throw the throw the kid in there. I, I can see something, but like if you just have him coming back to be the starter for the team throughout the season, I don't know what we're doing. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like we we right. just we just can't do that. You know, I think this year is a perfect opportunity for us to do certain things to actually get up in the draft um, and pick. You know, one of the QBs that they got up there. But even then, like that's not even a guaranteed thing, right? Like that's really not a guaranteed thing, because right, nothing's guaranteed with Bill Belichick. Look, absolutely. look what just happened this one off season alone. Two first round QBs got traded to other teams. So like we know that's like not a guarantee, but at least as the fan base, that would make us feel better. You know, if we had you know a Trey Lance or something like that, Justin Field or something, 
you know, to come in and energize the fan base and give us something to look forward to. But, like, if you're just going to bring Cam Newton, you know, to experiment again because you feel like, you know, he didn't have, like, weapons and stuff like that, it's like, come on, man. The guy couldn't right, make – Because of COVID, right, 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 right. The guy really couldn't – didn't make anybody better at all. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, he made no one better at all. And I don't know how he's going to turn that around. You know, you can lose as much weight as you want, but, like, if you can't throw the ball, you can't throw the ball. Right, John. The mechanics are so bad, guys. Yeah. That my goodness. like His feet is terrible. Those, yeah, the footwork, right, right, right. It, it, it's, it's bad. Like, the arm, right, in, in terms of, you know, him throwing the ball is just, like, so... His mechanics, man. You know, it, yeah, it, it, it's just so horrific that, like, how can you bring this guy back after what we just... So I transpired this season. I would, like, I would like, be concerned. The mechanics aren't going to improve that drastically. From, in one offseason. You know, exactly, right. Right. Like, since he's getting, you know, older and, and, and stuff, like, you really think it's going to change from, you know, him being 31 to 32 and the mechanics are going to improve that, uh, you know, significantly, you know, right. w- within a few months? Like, yeah, it's great. The, like Rodney Harrison recently said on a podcast, the guy just can't play uh, quarterback right. in the National Football League. Like I would be that. concerned if you brought him in and you had somebody, you know, that was in, in the wings waiting. But then I don't know how confident I am in Bill Belichick, like, sitting down Cam Newton for good. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, it seemed like last year, like, he wasn't willing to do that. You know, and it's like, dude, Cam Newton was shitting all over the field. Like, put the kid in the game. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of the times last year, he was very stubborn to, to actually make that happen. So, um, hopefully that's not the issue. But another guy I'm hearing about is Marcus Mariota. How you guys feel about that? Them trading for Marcus Mariota this offseason. Don't like him either, but anybody's better than him. Yeah, I don't want to see Marcus Mariota here. He, 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 you know, I mean, obviously it would be an upgrade that's not saying much. Um, yeah, just about anybody would be an upgrade at that, you know, I might be position. An Yo, we, Pro Fan Sports might be an upgrade, dude, like. <laughs> we'll take thir- turns throwing the ball out there. Oh, for real, have a quarterback by committee. But no, I I, I don't want to see Marcus Mariota because I don't want to you know run a similar kind of offense, a similar kind of quarterback. You know, with but I feel like you can make some throws and, and stuff. Yeah, get you know he can throw a little you know better, but I, I just don't think he like moves the needle and there's really that. You know, there's not much excitement and buzz, you know, bringing... I think you said it right there, moving the needle. I don't think he moves the needle that much more than Cam Newton. Like, he, he does complete more passes, gets, you know, gets at least 3,000 yards, I feel like, you know, but I don't know if he's if he's winning us games, you know, because he hasn't done that for any team. And, you know, he's, right, he he's a good backup. Titans, exactly. He's a good backup. I'll say yeah, that for absolutely. sure. Um, but even for him to come in, I feel like you need a plan to to move him out of there, you know, by by midseason. Like, thank right. you, you know, for warming the seat. Let's give it to the kid now. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know, kinda, push, exactly. You know, but I hope you know a rookie comes in here and does the Justin Herbert thing. You know what I'm saying? Just just freaking take over and do what you need to do. You know? No, right. But do you think that there's a Justin Herbert in this draft though? I don't know. I didn't. I, we didn't know there was a Justin Herbert in last year's draft. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we, no, we knew. Like, that. we knew we his that. name. We knew his <laughs> name, but we didn't think he was gonna do what he did this year. You know what I'm saying? No, I'll give you that. But we knew he was winning rookie be a good of the year. I don't think we. I didn't. would say winning rookie of the year, but we knew he was gonna play well and yeah, and, and, and he had all the tools. We talked about him on the show. Successful quarterback, I, I, absolutely. So you're right. He did better than and exceeded expectations. Uh, you know, than we all thought. 
but you know it shouldn't be a surprise that he played well and had a really good season because we knew that he was really talented and that the guy could play if you know if you give him the opportunity particularly with the Chargers who have a good um you know good supporting cast around him so I think you know you know who reminds me of Justin Herbert in this year's draft who's Zach Wilson Trey Lance but he can run better you know yeah. what I mean? You guys should do a little more research on Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta but, start you know, doing I dra- uh, my homework and you know and get, research. Start, on, start, on start your draft. Your draft so we can start talking some draft for sure. But uh, a guy, a, a person that I want to see, I know it'll take a lot for it to happen. Uh, is Jimmy G? I, I really think that's the best case scenario for the Patriots at quarterback. Is as a starter a or or as as a seat warmer. Oh no! As, as a starter, he, he, I think he can be a, a starting quarterback here and, and and be successful if we you know put him and you know in the right position, the right circumstance, and put the right you know guys around him. I think you know he can certainly be be be, be a good quarterback as long as he can stay healthy. And I, I think he can start here because he's already had prior success here and um, in a short time. And I think that um, you know it, that's you know something that they could possibly uh, you know build off of and. In, 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 and that could be something that could work out well for, for the Patriots. It's at least worth giving a chance. I'm at least willing to, to give it a shot uh, and, and see right. how that goes. San Francisco would have to want to get rid of him anyway. Exactly, yeah. right. right, um, right. So I'm not very excited by Jimmy G. I know he's familiar really? and that's the name, but I'm not really excited by him. Just because of the injury history, man. You know what I mean? Like, that, that bothers me, you know? Like, that you've played one full season your whole career. You know, it's, I don't know. Um, but, again, anybody would be better than what we had last year. So That's, It's three quarterbacks that, I, that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I'm definitely thinking about Jimmy G because of familiarity. Um, not just familiarity. He's actually a good quarterback. I think mm-hmm. uh, Bill Belichick drafted him, and Bill Belichick would have a good rapport with him. Um, but I also like um, the guy from Cal- in Carolina right now. Bridgewater. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Mm. I, like, I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot. Um, They're saying think, Carolina could move up to, to pick a quarterback in the in the draft because um, what's his name? Mac Jones. Uh, Matt Rule used to coach him. Well, coach him at the Senior Bowl or something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater would be somebody that I would be definitely excited about to see. Mm-hmm. I just think um, last year was his first year starting since his injury and his first full year. Um, so I think one good full year under his belt, I think better next season. Um, the other guy I like as well is the quarterback for the Colts. I forgot his name as well. Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett. I think I would like to see him back here and see what Belichick did with him. I thought when he started, um, not last season, but the season before that, when he started for the Colts, I thought he had some good, um, he looked good out there. He didn't look like a great He had a good couple games. But he looked yeah. good out there. That's somebody that I would, I would imagine. I don't know, man. I want to see us draft a quarterback. Back man, hey, we got to do that's something this year. We have to draft right. one without question. I want to see us draft somebody, man. Get 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 us excited about something, bro. You know, because right now, man, the performance we got last year, Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. We need something, man. Get us, right, give right. us something Some sort of buzz, to exactly. be excited about, please. Right, you know, because right. bringing Cam Newton back, bringing in Mar- Mariota, like that don't do nothing for us. You know what I'm but, saying? But um, that, here's the thing with Jimmy G. That at least brings some sort of excitement and buzz back because the fans base is already familiar with him and knows that, you know, this guy's not a scrub and that he can play when he's healthy. So at least if they were able to bring him back, we'd at least get some sort of excitement and buzz and something to look forward to, you know, and, and feel better about the team than we do right now. 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, one guy that, you know, it comes up a lot when it comes to, you know, trades, um, what we're going to do in the draft, um, you know, come, going back to last year at the trade deadline, you know, there's a lot of rumors about the Patriots wanting to, um, well, looking around to see what they could get for him in a trade. And I'm talking about uh, Stephon Gilmore. Um, should we trade Stephon? Like, how you guys feel about that um, that's going around? Yeah, I definitely think um, we should trade Gilmore. I think he's going to ask for a lot of money um, coming up. He felt as though he was underpaid last year. He basically sat um, through the through the offseason um, basically to get a little bit of more, a little bit of bump through his salary. I think he's going to cost us too much money. And I think right now, if we sell, I think that's the highest we might sell him. I think if, I, I don't think he had a great year last year, especially with the injury and COVID and stuff like that. So I think um, trading him will be best right now. He can get something back. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't think we should trade him. I, I get that he had a you know tough year, you know, last year. Um, you know, not only dealing with you know COVID, but he was you know banged up, so he didn't perform as well as the previous year. Uh, but I think that he's still you know the best you know cornerback on the team, and you know still the guy that I feel confident that he could actually be able to cover uh, the, another number one receiver. And not only that, but you know going against elite receivers. Um, in, in the league that will be playing next year. He's really the only guy that I can, you know, trust that he'll be able to do his job and at least slow them down and not have that receiver go off. Um, you know, because I still think, you know, the other guys I get, they do have some depth, you know, there and, and some young guys that are coming up, but I just don't think they're there yet. Even at J.C. Jackson, I don't, you know, like he's been playing really well the first couple of years and stuff and he's getting there, but He's not, you know, at a top corner that can cover a number one receiver, an elite receiver, um, you know, every week. So I still think that, you know, that they should, you know, keep Gilmore here. He's still the, you know, best defensive back um, on, on the roster. And, uh, again, and continue to let those younger guys, you know, develop and, uh, and improve and get better uh, for, for next year. I think in a year or two, those guys will be good enough to be able to cup, cover top receivers, but not right at um, this moment, not not this year at least. So I think the Pats shouldn't trade Gilmore. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence on this one. Um, in one sense, you know, I say trade him just because of his contract, um, the way he performed last year, and the fact that I'm hearing he wants more money for his contract. It's like, we can't really do that right now because at one point you were what, like the highest paid corner in the league? And we know every year there's going to be somebody new that's going to be paid higher you know what I'm saying? We can't go back and restructure your shit every time somebody gets a bump in pay. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you guys are here to like pave the way in a sort of sense, right? Like what Tom Brady gets today, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be richer tomorrow for it. You know what I'm saying? Kind of thing. Um, so in that sense, and I don't think he played great last year. You know, he didn't play really great last year. And um, just because we do have the, 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 the need at quarterback, I feel like we, he should be part of those trade chips that we trade to go up and get a quarterback if we need to. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, like, you need to secure that quarterback, like I said earlier. Um, and nothing's more important than that, right? Um, but in the other sense, like like Barry was saying, like, we're going to go back to Malcolm Butler days if we do that. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm saying? Trying to, I'm not trying to see that. I don't want to see that next year. You know, right. we're going to see, you know, guys catching passes all over guys, you know, in, in the right, backfield. Right. You know, Absolutely. um, and, and our safeties are getting older too. You know, McCordy's not getting any faster. You know, right, I know we right. have Duggar that's out there, but he's more like a hybrid 
um, linebacker than anything. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Guy. Exactly. He can cover, you know, but the way we've used him, you know, it's, right. it's not the way he, you know what I mean? Um, that means you'd have to work on your offense and defense in the draft or via trade. So, um, I mean, if they do it, I know the Patriots will have, you know, a backup plan at quarterback at least because, you know, Bill Belichick takes the defense pretty seriously and he usually tends to build the defense. I mean, the team starting from defense. So, um, right. And he hits on a good amount of those. He hits on a lot of defensive players. So, you know, I have confidence that he can get some people in the building if he was to trade. Like I said, only way I would want to see Gilmore traded is if we go up and get a quarterback or, you know, he's in a package for Deshaun Jack Watson or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Then right, by all right. means, ship him out of here. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Other than that, like, what are we doing that for? Because, like, there's nothing we're going to get back that's going to be equal to, you know, the exactly. former NFL M- defensive MVP what? of the league. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, so that's why I'm at with that. But I do think I do think Gilmore gets traded this offseason. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I think they'll take a lot for that tab. Unless, like you said, John, it's the right deal and at the right price. You know, mm-hmm. you know and, and, and so that's the... Only way I see it, but yeah, I I I, I think he stays at least another year. Um, and and yeah, I don't think they could trade him quite yet, but it's possible. Speaking of another year, like we have a player that's gonna be on our roster for another year, um, most likely, and he might enter this off season as the number one receiver. Well, he will enter this this off season as the number one uh, target in the offense, and I'm talking about Julian Edelman. Right, come September, if we don't draft or if we don't trade for somebody in free agency, Julian Elman will go back as our number one receiver. How y'all feeling about that? Like, um, can he be our number one? He should. Should he be number? <laughs> right. He shouldn't. I think Edelman is getting up there in age, and I think in the last couple of years he's dropped. He's had a lot of drops. Um, his hands are not as secure as he used to be. Um, he does get dinged up. He spent the whole season last year dinged up. I think, I mean, but who's going to be our number one is we don't really have any great receivers like that. We don't draft receivers well, so we definitely might have to trade for somebody or pick somebody in the offseason or free agent. Yeah, uh, Jules, is, as much as I love Jules, yeah, he he's not a, or can't be a number one receiver. For is he even a number two year. right now? The tough question on, on this team, on the, yes, but I, I, realistically, probably. I think he's a number three, real, real, realistic. But on this team, he'd probably be a number two receiver, but definitely can't be uh, a num- number one receiver, but, but for sure. I think, uh, you know, like Vlad said, he's on, you know, the decline, uh, you, you know, and, and I, you know, he certainly had his had his days where he, you know, was able to do that and take on that load. But I think at this point of his career, uh, you, you know, we can't expect that, you know, from him. He has to be on, um, you know, a secondary role and you know, sort of a complementary role as opposed to being the primary option in, in the passing game. So I, I'm, I, I'd be okay if he's a number two or number three. Like I said, he should be a number three, but you know, he'll probably be a number two. But they have to upgrade at that position and get somebody who could legit be a number one receiver and that's going to be ready for that. Um, you know, to be the our top option in the passing right, right away because, like you said, we don't have that right now. Like, yeah, they have Jacoby Myers, who's a nice player, but he, he's not a number one 
Pain of the Year. Is he even a number two? Exactly. Not even a number two either. So it's like we have a bunch of guys that are like at best number three receivers, John. Like these guys. Just slightly above number three. Like Exactly. Right. Even even that. Number four if we have a really good receiving court. But in this case, it would be number three. Um you know, on, on this roster at least. So, yeah, they got to bring in at least one or two guys that, um, you know, much younger and that can actually be able to, um, you know, take on that load of being a top, uh, you know, option, uh, you know, at, at, at receiver because, you know, clearly Edelman, uh, you know, can't do that um, at, at this point. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing him on the team for another year. But at the same time, I know there's a possibility that they could, uh, you know, trade him and look to get some, even though I don't think you'll get much uh, from him uh, in, in the trade market. So you're better off just keeping him for another year. But, yeah, they got to get some better receivers in here for next year. I feel like Julian Elman is a, is a Patriots lifer. I mean, if anybody's going to do it, it right. should be. He is loyal. It should be him. You know, um, I think, you know, it's been good for his brand. It's been good. I mean, the guy was, what, a six-round pick or whatever? Seventh. Seventh, Seventh round, actually. Like, Come on, you know, he wasn't supposed to be anything, and he's made a whole name here, JE11. Um, You know, he does his thing here, you know, and I think, you know, the the fan base loves him. Um, But with that said, I think Bill would be doing us a disservice if Julian Edelman was the number one receiver. You know I mean? I think he'd be doing Julian Edelman a disservice to have him come on as the number one receiver because, like, the guy's banged up, man. You know what I mean? Like, he cannot take number one receiver um, type of uh, hits in this league anymore. Right. right, number one role where he's going out for 10, 12 balls a game and getting hit, you know, every single time, like, and holding his freaking stomach every time he gets up off the ground. It's like, you know, we've seen that enough. You know, the guy, I think he's he's paid his dues enough to, like, deserve a role that doesn't require him to do all that, right? So we, need, mm-hmm. we definitely need to bring somebody in here. We got a lot of guys on the free agency, you know, um, Allen Robinson, you know, Marvin Jones, Juju Smith. Um, there's a few guys we can we can go out there and have come in here, and that would be our clear number one, even if they're not number ones in other teams. That's how bad a receiving court, you know. Um, yeah. I saw reports about Marquise Lee. Remember the guy we had? He came last year, and he decided yeah, he was going to sign him we last, did. last year, right? and we opted out because of COVID, right? Yes, and now, you know, I've seen reports talking about, like, he could be our number one. I'm like, no, oh, dude. Lord, no, 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 don't do that. Exactly. Like, yeah. Don't he, play with us. A number one caliber receiver. Right. Right. Listen, he, he didn't do it in Jacksonville. Right, if you can't right. do it in Jacksonville, you can't do it here. Do it here. Facts. Exactly. No, you know what I'm saying? He, um, he's not. He's not that good anyway. I think he's honestly overrated and and, and stuff. Like, yeah. is he even a number three? Like, come on, man. No, he, he's a number three. I'll give him that. He, mm-hmm. He's a number three, but he's definitely not a number one or a number two. If he's a number one and number two, then your receiving court is straight garbage, straight doodle. Like, it's crap. So, um, yeah, he, he can't be a top two guy here without question. Um, one guy I'm hearing about is uh, A.J. Green. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't. He's I been don't rumored to, see, see him to be interested in the Patriots for years, or the Patriots have been interested in him for years. Yeah, you know, I've heard the rumors before, right? But I think, right, at this point, I don't really think that'd be a good idea to, to bring him in because, right, he's so injury-prone and plagued with injury uh, that I don't even, you know, tr- trust him to be able to stay healthy for a full season. He may be, like, the most injury-prone player uh, I've seen in most recently <laughs> years. Y- y'all were just talking about Jimmy G, 
being, you know, injury prone. Like this guy's, you know, been the injury prone of injury prone. Hey, don't forget about Deshaun Jackson. Is that yeah, guy? Him, him too, exactly. Right, that's another one uh, mm-hmm. that's been injury prone. So yeah, I, I don't think that would good for for the past to be able to, you know, to go after him and pick him up. I mean, we'll see what happens, but. One thing I do like, I like that, you know, the Patriots are being mentioned with everybody that's out there because literally, yo, we need to go out and get everybody. Like, whatever's going on, we need to make moves, man, you know? So, um, it should right, be an exciting season. Do you guys season. to see AJ Green here? Do you guys want that? I don't. He's better than anything we have, man. That's all I know. Oh, so you'd be okay with AJ Green being Completely here? fine, man. If, if <laughs> you know, we need to bring bodies, you know? Um, if he was, if he still has capabilities... And, you know, he really hasn't played in the last couple of years. If his body has healed enough where he can he can put up with stuff, he's still, you know, averaging like 10, 10 yards of reception. So that's pretty good, you know, in this league. So um, I wouldn't have a problem with that if he came on. But he can't come on here for like major amount of dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't be signing A.J. Green to be like our top prize receiver to come in. No, that, that would not be. Maybe he could be a number two for us. But, you know, I don't see him coming in here as like, the number one that's gonna like take us anywhere because he hasn't done that anywhere. Nah, for real, he, he hasn't. I'm with that and stuff. And I actually just came up with the nickname for AJ Green. I call him AJ IR Green because he's always on IR. Yeah, that I. This <laughs> dude, <man>. AJ IR <laughs> Green. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, 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 that that's who, what I'm gonna refer to him as now. AJ IR Green, man. You know, you got the green green dot on the IRs. Um, let's move on from the NFL, though. We're going to go into the NBA, uh, where some exciting stuff is happening right now. Uh, the All-Star, the All-Star list came out, right? Um, so we got the East and West All-Stars. Um, and for the East, the starters, Captain, uh, Kevin Durant, and then he got his teammate, his buddy, Kyrie Irving, uh, Bradley Bill, which I was really glad to see made it, and deservedly so. I think they made up for last year having him as the starter. Um, yep. Giannis and, and plus he earned it. Giannis and Tacompo, um, no surprise there. And Joel Embiid, who's been on a tear. So yep. a- any opposition where you guys, you know, were you guys surprised somebody w- was not on here that you wanted to be on here as a starter, <clears throat> or is there anybody on this starting list that you don't think should be there? Um, well, I wouldn't mind not seeing Kyrie Irving. You know, I agree with that. He took I some agree. time off. And- I don't know. He's been okay. I, I mean, he's been great for Ky- Kyrie. Uh, I think somebody else could have replaced him. Jalen Brown could have. But yeah, I, I don't think Kyrie made. I think Kyrie could have been a, a bench for a starter. No, I'm uh, I'm I'm certainly with that. You know, which I was. That's what I was just gonna say. That I think you know Kyrie shouldn't be there. Not only as he you know take that time off because he needed a so-called break and to take a step back, but he's also missed some you know some games due to the injury and stuff. So he hasn't been. Uh, you know, completely healthy and playing and, and, and missed quite a few games. So I don't think he should uh, be there. Right? He hasn't been playing at like amazing, incredible level. Like, yeah, he's been good, but you're right. We, we kind of expect that from from Ky- Kyrie. He has, you know, he hasn't been really been playing, you know, too impressive and like, you know, and, and blowing us away. So, and I think right, there's plenty of, uh, you know, well, I wouldn't say plenty of, but I think there's other guys that could definitely be there. Um, as well, like a, you know, Jalen Brown, uh, should definitely deserves to to be there for sure. I think like he this year is Bradley Beal in terms of him getting uh, snubbed, um, you know, from being a starter and uh, you know, and 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 guy that should have been there. Uh, but I'm even thinking that they should not have 
you know, started, they should just announce like the all-star team all at once because we see too many times and on too many occasions that guys are just missing out, um, you know, on be- being the starters. Guys that should be the starters aren't the starters. So I feel like it's gotten to a point where you might as well just have a whole, you know, announce a whole team and not, you know, the starters and then the reserves. Uh, so, so so I think that would be better for, you know, for the league to do. It's kind of like a popularity contest, right? Exactly. Where it's like the most popular guy is going to get the most votes and they're going to get the voted in, you know what I mean? Unless the league steps in, like a guy like Alex Caruso, you know, who, who's getting more votes than some starters, you know what I mean? Out there. It's like, crazy. all right, cut the shit, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly, yeah, um, for real, that, that is BS, right. You know, um, I remember there were years Yao Ming was getting way more votes than a lot of people that actually played and he had been injured for months. It's like, what are we, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, in a lot of the sense, it's 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 a popularity con- contest. And sometimes you hit that wave and it just doesn't stop. Some of these guys go into the All-Star game solely because they're, they're popular players. In the, you know, they don't even have to do much, you know, to, to get that nod, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think Kyrie Irving is one of those players that's always going to get votes to go into the All-Star game no matter what he's doing. You know what I mean? I feel like he's played he's played well since he came back. Like you guys said, he went on a hiatus. You know, it's like, it, it's not fair to people like a Jalen Brown. Even a person like Zach Levine, who's been busting up everything. You know what right. I mean? Like, he, this dude's been on a too. tear. Oh, yeah. You know? He just had 38 the other night, right, against the Kings. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, the, there's guys that are definitely more deserving um, than him. You know, I don't want to make it seem like we're hating on him because we're not. But, like, you know, Jalen Brown has had some of the highest efficiencies in the league all season. You know, um, mid-range, yep. everything. You know, the guy's just mm-hmm. been all-world all season, and, you know, he doesn't make it. Um, but, you know, I think it would be a crime if he didn't make a reserve. Then, you oh, know, you Then know. they really need to evaluate how they select these all-stars, right? There needs to be a reevaluation. If JB's not there, then, honestly, they shouldn't even be an all-star game. Because, right, how can a guy like that play exceptionally well for the whole season? And he's been not only a really great scorer, he's been one of the best two-way players in the game. And the only and he's only missed two games and really only had one bad game, which he just um had recently this past week against the Hawks. I think that was really the only game I can remember in which he, you know, individually played bad. And even the losses that we've had in which the team hasn't played well, in, he's always been the one constant Consistent. guy. Exactly. For a team that's been fairly inconsistent he's you know been as consistent of a player as anybody in the nba for sure for sure man um into the west western conference um all-stars we got starters luka Doncic, uh steph curry lebron james nikola Jokic, and Kawhi leonard um luka Doncic got the nod over damian lillard uh because it actually came down to fan voting right um and luka Doncic had you know I don't know, maybe like 600,000 more or something like that than Damian Lillard did to actually push him forward. Um, but when it came to like the coaches and the players, Damian Lillard, you know, was outscoring Luka Doncic in, in pretty much all the categories. So um, now he's took the nod over Damian Lillard because of the fan voting. I know you guys have seen that, you know, and I actually, you know, did a poll on profans underscore sports. Follow us if you're not, you know, you can participate in these polls. You know, how are you guys feeling about that? Well, I mean, I think both players have been playing really well. I think um, 
Luca has been amazing since he's been in the league, and he's having a really good year this year. Same thing for Damian Lillard. Um, I don't know. I Aplazo for me was a toss up. Aplazo, um, whoever ended up getting it, deserved it. Um, I don't know if I could pick one over the other to. How mm. you guys feel? Uh, yeah, I think without question, Damian Lillard got robbed on on, on this one and, and should have been. Uh, a starter. You know, with all due respect to Luca, I like Luca a lot. I respect his game. He's, you know, a great player and had, uh, you know, a great, you know, season to this point. But I definitely think Damian Lillard, Dame Dollar, should without, uh, without a doubt, should have been a starter uh, this year. Um, you know, on, on the Western All Star. But I think you know he's certainly been playing, you know, as well as anybody and. Uh, the impressive thing is that he's been doing this without C.J. McCollum, without his right-hand man, who's pretty much been out uh, the whole season or most of the season due to um, breaking his foot uh, earlier this year. Uh, so the fact that there's been no other consistent player on that team, you know, besides him, and that he's been playing unworldly and, uh, you know, definitely a, a top candidate for MVP without question and has been, you know, as clutch as anybody um, in in this you know league this year, I think certainly uh, it's game winning shots all over. Exactly right, right. Multiple game win- winning shots, right. It, it it's unfortunate and uh, uh and it's frustrating to see a guy that's playing you know that that good of a player continue to get um you know overlooked and and continue to get disrespected um you know and not get the you know re- respect and the credit that he deserves to 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 be getting uh. You know, but by, by the fans, because this guy's been doing this for a while. So it's not like he's just been doing it this year. This has been happening, uh, you know, for the last, you know, several years. So it, you know, it, it really, really, you know, pisses me off the fact that um, this guy is, is not a starter and not, and, and not among, uh, you know, those guys that you named as, as starters, because uh, it's just not right. Like, this isn't the only year that it's happened. It yeah. seems to happen year in and year out. And and soon, and I know it didn't bother him as much because he said he's used to it. But uh, you, you know, as a fan of the game and someone you know who's a passionate about this game, it, it certainly it's something that annoys me and that I don't you know really not too happy with seeing. And uh, yeah, I guess that's what it is. But he should be on there without question. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Barry, man. Um, I think both players are fantastic. Like Vlad was saying, Luca, he's he's a problem. You know, um, mm-hmm. what it comes down to me, though, I mean, what it seems like is Damian Lillard playing in, in in Portland is not good for him, you know, because it's such a small market. You know, he's not seen everywhere. You know what I'm saying? The NBA doesn't latch on him as, like, one of the faces of the NBA, even though, like, he should – he deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Damian, he's a dog, you know, in, in every sense of the word. And every single year he reminds you of that, you know what I mean, whether it's regular season or playoffs, like – the guy is is moving. He's dropped multiple 50-point games, you know, shooting the ball at the freaking logo, at, at the buzzer, and beating yep, guys. Logo, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, you know, I think it definitely uh, a disservice to to Damian Lillard. And the other thing that Luca has going for him is is the fan voting, right? Luca's from another, you know, he's from what? In the United Kingdom? Overseas? He's from overseas, right? Austria or something? He's from Spain. So from Spain? Luca's from, from Spain? Spain? Yeah. I thought he was like German or somebody. I don't know. No, um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's Polish. He's okay. Polish, but he's from. Um, he was playing for Real Madrid in Spain before he came to the U.S. Okay. So I'm like, I thought he was, you know, one one of those overseas yeah, yeah, countries. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, you know, and they're allowed to vote 
on the All-Stars. You know what I'm saying? Um, anywhere you are in the world, that's why Yao Ming, you know, was always tops in vote getting because all of China was voting for him, you know? So I can right. imagine, like, people from overseas are voting for him too, and they don't know Damian Lillard. Um, but what it comes, what it really comes down to me, though, is is the team seedings, right? Damian Lillard's team is at, what, number four right now. And uh -huh. Luka Doncic's team is at number 10, not even in the playoff picture. So, like, how... Jeez, that how we that low? Wow! Right? How are we doing true. that right now? You know what I'm saying? I mean, last time I checked, which was yesterday, like you know, number four and number ten respectively. Like, how is Damian Lillard not, you know, the starter? And in other words, too, they always say that the, the players and the coaches' votes count as what, like fifty percent or something like that, fifty to seventy-five percent. Yes, about that. Yeah. About that. So like. The players and the coaches, their picks would outweigh what Luca did. How come it doesn't override the fan vote? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like Luca's not going to go into the games. Like, you know, but I feel like the guys that are playing the game with Luca and who recognize game, recognize game. And if they say, you know, this guy is clearly has the edge over that guy, I think he should go in, into the game. So when I seen no, that, I definitely done. thought, I, I definitely thought Damian got, got snubbed there, man. But yeah, no, that's a great point for sure. I, I actually agree with that. And I was thinking about that the other day too. That why you know the league needs to change its voting system and have you know the player and media votes count more than the, the fan votes because, like you said, these guys are on the court with them, and then also the media. These guys are covering the league and watching you know these guys play every single game, so they right. you know clearly know would know better than the fans as far as who's been playing better and who deserves to you know, be, be the starter. So I think, yeah, they need to do something to, you know, to change that because it's not fair to guys, you know, that this keeps happening and guys like Game Lillard keep missing out on, um, you know, on, on being a starter when, when they, they they should be there. Because, wait, he, he already signed the Supermax, didn't he? Yeah, Damian? he got his Supermax. Okay, already. so he, yeah. he's paid already because I know. Yeah, he got his bag already. Right, he's right, right. Paid. Yeah, yeah I, think he's been, I think he's making like 50 million this year and no yeah. wonder, no wonder you don't care. Like, man, listen, <laughs> um, listen. Just to correct, listen, I already got my bread. I made my money. Yeah, just like, to I'm good. I'm chilling. Just to correct ourselves, um, he's so Slovenian. He's from Slovenian. Slovenia. That oh, sounds a Slovenian. lot better. Yeah. Ah, because okay. that language you'd be speaking, I'd be like, huh? <laughs> and the you know? accent too that yeah. he speaks with sometimes. Is, I hey, know he but it's dope that he can speak English, you know, because we we know guys that come from overseas that never speak the language, or, you know, their entire right. NBA career. You know what I'm saying? So um, good for him. He's young enough. He he's put himself in the culture. You know, the teammates love him. The the you know players from from the league love him. So I mean, either way, congrats to him. I don't think I don't think it's like a terrible thing that he's a starter. But, you know, just the fact that he's going against Damian Lillard, I thought he, you know, Damian Lillard had the edge on that slightly. Um, some more NBA news that's going on. Anthony Davis is out for at least four weeks after suffering a calf strain and aggravating, aggravating his Achilles tendon in his right leg. Um, hopefully he doesn't, you know, uh, end up like KD. You know what I mean? When he came and came back and ruptured his stuff. You know, come oh, back yeah, way too soon. Yeah, yeah. I you know. know. What I mean? Um, yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Speaking of KD, he will miss his fourth consecutive game in a row with a strained left ham, hamstring. Um, so he's been out a little bit, which is not surprising because he hasn't been, you know, playing full tilt for a year. So that stuff's going to happen because he's getting back into, you know, his NBA groove and that stuff is strenuous on the body. You know? So um, mm -hmm. hopefully he makes a full – hopefully all those guys make a full recovery because one thing I don't like is when teams are not at their at full strength. So that the other team like takes advantage. It's like, yo, I like to see 
teams at full strength going toe to toe. You know, you got to mm-hmm. earn it. You, you know what I mean? No asterisks on the side. So hopefully right. we all, um, you know, make it through. Uh, LeBron James, one of the GOATs, um, he reached 35,000 career points. He's the third player to do so behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Karl Malone. Guys, that's huge. Yeah, he's the youngest is. player to do it as well. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, man. Good, good for him. That's right. That's an incredible and remarkable, you know, accomplishment and milestone to hit. No, that's, hey, man. Yeah, that's, really, that's really big. That's another thing that, you know, he's going to have over, over MJ as much as I, you know, hate, hate to, to say, but no, that's. Right. It's him, Kobe, and then MJ. <laughs> no, no, no. On the on the um oh, on the, on the points list? on the points. Ah, yeah. Okay, not okay. not I like you know. Talking about just among like uh, as, like players and. No, nah, we're not doing now. that right now. We talked about. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. We've done that before already. But no, no. Congrats to LeBron James on uh, reaching that uh, you know m- m- milestone and, and being the third player to, to do so. So it's crazy I think... that his scoring is not his best ability, but yet he's still. That's what they say. That's what they points. say. But it's true, though. When you watch his game and watch him play. How does like, he have 35,000 points? Well, because, yeah, he can score. But I'm, we're not saying that he can score. But he's more as just as good, if not better, of a playmaker and a facilitator. I'm just saying, scorer. like, I don't like that narrative because I'm like the guy still the number three in the league history with, with points. Like, how is he not scoring? Well, stuff? You well, know what I mean? Like, that's the point. That point is he's, he's so good at the other stuff, and he's still scoring that much. So, like, he must be – you know what I mean? It's like he's a good passer, a good playmaker, and Everything. also a great scorer. You know, I know there's a lot of debate, you know, the debates with Michael and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people hate, you know what I mean? Um, I just hope people, like, pay attention to what's actually happening because, like, LeBron's not going to play forever, you know what I mean? And it's going to come a point where he's not going to play. He's going to retire, and we're going to be like, yo, this dude was a force. So I hope people start coming around, giving him his roses, kind of like they did for Kobe because, like, we ain't never going to see nothing like Kobe again, man, you know, and right. we ain't never going to see nothing like LeBron again, you know, um, just like Michael. We're never going to see nothing like Michael again, man. So, you know, um, I hope those people start giving him, you know, his roses when it's due because, you know, sooner or later, the guy's 36. He's 36. <laughs> you know what I mean? You posted on the group and sports IG and all those. Hilarious, but yeah, no. I'm with you on that, um, John. You got to appreciate these guys now while they're here and wanting their greatness while they're still, you know, at that level and, and, and still playing well, you know, before, you know, it's too late to, to do so. So, no, that's definitely a good point. Right, man. Uh, so, in the league, again, there's some players that are being asked to, to sit, you know, because of uh, trades. Teams are trying to trade them. Um, Andre Drummond. Uh, is sat by the Cavaliers, uh, is available for trade. Blake Griffin, he's to be seated by uh, the Detroit Lions while they look for a trade, you know what I'm saying? And, Detroit you know, Detroit Pistons. And due to that, you know, a guy like, like Draymond Green came out and actually spoke out about it, you know, pretty much in a sense saying that, you know, people gave James Harden a lot of shit because he decided he wanted to be traded and wanted to leave Houston and we gave him a lot of stuff, you know, while he dogged it and stuff, he didn't condone that. But, like, a guy like Andre Drummond, who's perfectly healthy, is going to be sat down so a team could trade them, and nobody says anything about that, which I thought was pretty powerful. You guys hear that? Yeah, I mean, I think it, when the player does it, it's it's a problem. When the team It's does selfish. It, when the team does it, it's a problem. But I think, you know, it's just 
what happens in the NBA um, is the same thing they did with um, Anthony Davis in yeah yeah the, uh, when he was with the Pelicans. Um, mm-hmm. You know, why risk injuring the player up in a situation where his value might go down, he gets an injury. So sit him down while his value is still high. Excuse me, your team is not going anywhere right now. Um, There's no value to him on your team. Sometimes that's bad, though, if you really? sit him down and their value still goes down because they're not showcasing their talents and what they can do. Those guys don't need to showcase their talent anymore. You know what they are. Right, some you know, guys. I'm just saying, like, in some, like Nicholas Batum, you know what I mean? Like, the Hornets were sitting him down, it seemed like, for like a friggin' year. You know, people thought, like, he couldn't play no more. Boom, send him to the Clippers. He's busting threes all over the place. Yeah, the guys you sit down is the guys that you know, like Andre Andre German and uh, Blake Griffin, those guys. You know who they are. You know what they do. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree, you know, with Draymond Green on this. I thought that was a really great and valid point that, you know, he brought up, um, you know, about there being a double standard in this league and that it's, you know, hypocritical and contradicting for, you know, these teams to – you know, sit out guys that, you know, that are perfectly fine and that can play and, you know, not want to play, but, you know, the team doesn't want to play, um, want them to play because they want to, you know, make a, a deal for for, for them, um, you know, and, and holding and that how they don't get hold, held accountable, but, you know, yet the, the players, you know, get freaking bashed and ripped and destroyed uh, and, and, you know, it messes up you know, the, the reputation and people come at them, you know, which is, you know, unfortunate that that's, you know, the case and you know, that ends up happening in, in those in, instances. Uh, so, no, I'm definitely with, you know, Draymond Green that we, you know, need to start holding these teams, uh, you know, more accountable and, start, you know, and like you guys say, keep that same energy, right? That's For sure. exactly what we For need sure. to do. I know that's where Draymond Green was, again, that we need to keep that same energy, you know, when these teams do something like this, sitting out a player that's, you know, perfectly, you know, healthy and that, you know, is being professional and that, you know, is doing all the right things. But, you know, <clears throat> but, you know, when the, and, and as opposed to just doing it when the players, you know what I'm saying, uh, do it individually and, you know, criticizing them. So, uh, yeah, no, the, the, definitely we have to do, do, and league has to do a better job of, you know, keeping that same energy, um, you know, and holding the teams to the same standard that they do the players. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I think that, I don't know, like like Vlad was saying, I, I didn't even think, I wasn't even thinking about it like that. Like, players are sat down so they don't get injured, you know, thus, like, their, their trade value doesn't go down if they do get injured, you know what I mean? And the team comes in there and gets them for whatever they want as opposed to sitting them and keeping their values where it's at and, you know, trading them so they can have a, a, a chance at playing. At the same time, I, I don't really like it. Um, I don't, you know, because these guys play basketball for a living, and you're gonna sit me down every single game like I'm trying to hoop. You know what I'm saying? Um, exactly. It's it's the way of the business, and you know, there's nothing we can really do about it. They're gonna continue doing that next year. You know, they're gonna do that as well. Um, I was definitely surprised by the Demarcus Cousins uh, being released situation because I felt like you know he he was getting a little groove. You know. He scored, you know, some high numbers this year so far. Um, not necessarily high, but, like, some good numbers for DeMarcus Cousins. Reasonable you know? numbers, um, right, right. Right. And I haven't heard too much about him other than, you know, him getting those those little iffy te- texts from the refs that really don't like him and stuff like that. So Right, which um, he's, he's going to get because he's already made, made that reputation for himself. Right. So right now it's Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and um, 
um, DeMarcus Cousins that's pretty much going to be on the market. Should the should the Celtics, you know, uh, the home team, be interested in those in those guys? Definitely, DeMarcus Cousins should definitely. I think for a while now we've been wanting to go after DeMarcus Cousins. Have we? No, have we really, Black? Have we? There has yeah. A- Adrian Stevens have been going after him. Uh, well, I'm saying there has been rumors about the Celtics wanting to go. Because I feel like before we he went to the to the Warriors, we we didn't even like check up on him. Right, exactly. Well, I was going to say um, that, you know, there has been rumors that Brad Stevens don't want to work with him or don't like his personality. And I think I think he, he needs to get open. He's a, Brad needs to get a personality first. <laughs> For real, seriously. I think he's um he's a basketball player and he can play. And as a coach, it's your job to assimilate him to the team. And I think a guy like that, um, he's a big man. Um, he can score at any point of the – anywhere on the court. Um, I think he's very versatile. I think he will fit perfect into the Celtics. Um, I think that we should 100%. Oh, Vlad's a fan. Yeah. And we're not even trading for him. He's being released. He's released. He's we're not, we don't, exactly. don't got to pay nothing. Even, you don't have right, to give right. up anything for that guy. So you should, uh, right. we should go get that guy right now. No, I I'm, I'm certainly would be okay with, you know, with the Celtics taking a look at, uh, you know, the, the DeMarcus Cousins and, and bringing him in and giving him a chance, you know, to come in and, you know, play and contribute and make an impact. Because you're right, we, we, we're already seeing what, uh, you know, this Celtic supporting cast can do, and it's not much, and, you know, and they're not playing, you know, very well consistently. And so they could definitely use a veteran that can, you know, come in and contribute and be a role player. Like, he doesn't even have to be, uh, you know, a top-scoring option. You know, here, we already have guys that, um, you know, th- th- that have been doing that. Uh, pretty well this year. So, right, he, you know, could be like a third or fourth, you know, option and, uh, you know, and and, and play re- really well in that role, not being the focal point uh, of the offense. So, you know, d- definitely I'm with, I'm good with oh, him coming here. I'd even be okay with them, uh, you know, getting Andre Drummond and at least going after him. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that as well, even though my sources have told me that apparently they've tried to go after Andre Drummond and when those rumors came out that, you know, Cleveland wanted to trade him, that, you know, the Celtics were supposedly one of the teams that were, uh, you know, the most interested in all over it. But, uh, you know, they still haven't, weren't able to get a, you know, deal done and still haven't to this point. But, I mean, I definitely, if they are able to do that, I'd be okay with him uh, coming to Andre Drummond. But definitely, you know, I'm Blake Griffin. I don't want to see him yet because I just don't think he does, you know, would do much for, for this team. And, would be, um, you know, that much of an up, an upgrade and stuff like that. Yeah, he'd be slightly better, but he just wouldn't uh, make as much of an impact as the other two guys um, would and and bring to the table as much as those other guys bring. Yeah, I mean, that's funny you say that. Actually, out of the three, Blake Griffin's the only one that I feel like could help the team. You know, just based on defensive presence and efficiency and stuff like that. Like really? Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond. Isn't that good? But he wouldn't be like our big man, you know what I mean? Like in the middle and stuff like that. Um, Blake Griffin would play something else where he can space the floor. Um, Blake Griffin hasn't dunked all year, you know what I mean? So he's not he playing hasn't in the paint. In two years, John. That's crazy. Since, since March of twenty. That's crazy. Why is that a Why is that a big deal though? Because that was his game before. Who cares? That's what, I mean, that's people, what he did. Before. I think we're just surprised. He's been. A I know. I mean, I know what he's an done. Athletic specimen and. And pretty much, I'm just surprised. The kind of player that he's been, you know, until the last couple of years. So that's why everyone's making a big deal and big fuss about it is because before, you know, the 
injuries, and before he left the uh, the Clippers, that that's pretty much what he was. He was a freak athlete, a guy that could jump out of the gym and dunk on anybody and 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 get to the basket. That was pretty much was his game. He wasn't a jump shooter like he's trying to be now, but he's not even an effective jump shooter and uh, and trying to be a three point shooter when he's not even hitting them at a you know at a good percentage or efficient percentage. So I think, you know, that that's what I'm saying. I don't really think Blake would be a good idea to bring Blake Griffin here and, and have him play because I don't think he really make. I wanted to hear on Vlad's point. What were you saying, Vlad? I just think who cares? I mean, I, I think he's been, I think he's been developing his game so much more than just a dunker. I've, right. I've actually been very impressed by by the development of his game. I thought I thought Me he was too. a one I thought he was a one trick pony earlier in the earlier in his career. In his career, and it was effective, but eventually you just have to develop a game. And he's been moving better than I've seen him move earlier in his career. Like as far as like making play on the floor. I, before I thought he was just running through people, but now he's actually using the space on the floor. He's shooting threes. He's maybe he's not making them on an efficient basis, but I think he's a better basketball player now than he was back then. So to me, when I heard that he hasn't dunked over in two years since December, December 2019, so it's been like a year and a half. Um, since then, I'm like, okay, uh, that's, that's, that's weird because that's Blake Griffin. But at the right. same time, when I watch him play um, with the Pistons, especially when he played against the Celtics the last two games, I'm like, oh, wow, Blake Griffin is actually a basketball player. He's actually making basketball moves not just running to people. So I've actually been more impressed with his game now than I was before. I'm 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 on I'm more so just like shocked, you know what I mean, that he hasn't, you know what I mean? I mean I don't I don't care who's dunking and who's not dunking. It's just more of the player you know, Blake Griffin is and the fact that he hasn't dunked in two years. I'm like like is he like scared to dunk? It's like is something happening or, you know, I guess he's worked on his game so much he's he just relies on other things now. You know, before he was like Vlad was saying, he was relying on pure athleticism getting to the rack and, and dunking on people. Now he doesn't have to do that anymore. You know, um, there, there, and, was a, there was a time that Ray Allen used to dunk. And right. Then, and then he never dunked anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like players... Rarely. Evolve, players evolve, players get better. I, I, Like I said, I think I like this Blake Griffin better than... I think I like... I mean, on the Detroit right now, Blake Griffin is one of their top players. He's, you know? <laughs> he, he comes here. He's not that here. You know what I'm saying? Like he has to play, you know, number number four. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like that would at least have him more open. He could hit some threes. Um, he could hit a jumper here and there. Um, as far as like defensive efficiency, both Demarcus Cousin and, and um, Drummond, they're terrible. They're even worse than what we got. You know what I'm saying? And really? the, yes, wow, they're I even worse than what we got. Drake, wow. Um, what's his name? Um, Drummond is like the worst the worst defensive big man in the league right now. Whoa! What? Yes, hey, he cannot that, play that? defend defense. He he's good on offense. He'll get you the rebounds. Um, but rebounds does not translate into defense. You know what I mean? Like re- rebounding doesn't mean you're playing good defense. It means you have good no, no, positions and you're going up. Exactly. Um, right. and you know he's always he's always going to average a lot of rebounds and stuff like that. But like when it comes to the defensive part of the game, he he has a lot of breakdowns and they key on him. You know what I'm saying? So our bigs right now actually outplay him defensively. It's just like their offensive part that that we don't have. And if we bring him in, what do we do with somebody like the Time Lord, who it seems like every time you give him some minutes, he performs and he brings a lot of energy and you know he could do something. I feel like they should give him a little more time. 
um, a, as a starter. But you know, I didn't realize he was that much of a liability on the. Demarcus Cousins day. is so slow now, bro. Like it's not even like Why like he's had so many. He, he's had so many lower body injuries. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he, he has to compensate move. for a lot. He he's stiff. You know, um, and not only he's stiff, he's causing he's getting new techs out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's getting ejected and shit because he's built such a bad reputation over the years. But either way, in my opinion, Blake Griffin would be the best piece for us to, to acquire to actually make an impact on this team positively. Other than that, we're going to have to work around, um, you know, um, what's his name? Drummond's flaws on defense, as well as, um, you know, um, Cousins, the way he moves. Because right now we're a run and gun team with the, with the kind of players we have. Can can Demarcus Cousins come here and keep up with the young guys we have? I don't know. You know, guys like 350 pounds. You know what I'm saying? So Damn, I'm not um, out of shape. Damn. I mean, he's he's never been like the best in shape basketball player in the world. You know what I'm saying? So, and he's he's not a small dude. The guy's like six eleven. So he's he's a big dude. Yeah. You know? well, we at least we need size. So he'd be bringing size. Be right. He doesn't bring much of a you know what presence. We, in we need we need tape. speed. We need that speed in the paint. Right, you know right. What I mean? Got to be able to move too. Right. More yeah, Celtics pick and roll news. Defense is is terrible, as as you said. Yeah. Can't right. Defend the pick and roll. More Celtics news. Um, as you guys know, Jason Tatum had uh COVID nineteen. He tested positive, and uh, apparently it's been reported that he's still dealing with side effects of COVID. Um, and that's because he's not breathing um as well as he should be breathing. Um, according to the report, so. You know, he's still dealing with some lingering effects of COVID-19, and um, that that's nothing, you know, that's not a small thing. But even though he's dealing with those things, he's still been scoring at least 20 points, you know, every single game since he's been back. So it's more power to him. He's lucky he's younger, um, but we know that he's dealing with some stuff there. Um, the Celtics have been struggling a little bit in the past um, few weeks. Uh, we've had some injuries. We've had some guys out, and we had some losses. And um, Denny Ainge, he actually came out, and had to defend the coach, you know, with stuff we don't really see around here too much, you know, because we've had a lot of success the last few years with, you know, the regular season, um, us positioning ourselves as the number two, number three, one time number one seed or whatever. Um, you know, so Danny Ainge came out with with a little statement. He says, my, my coach is more prepared and humble, humble than anybody. He respects Washington Wizards and Detroit Pistons more than anybody in the entire locker room. Um, as he turned his attention to the players, it has to do with the players. I think it's just a maturity issue with the team. Um, and, you know, I thought that was interesting. And with that said, there was um, some other reports that a player from another locker room actually said that they don't believe that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown could lead the team uh, or make their teammates better. You guys, I know you guys have heard this one. Um, and we spoke about the other quote uh, yesterday. What were your thoughts on it? Well, I think the Celtics have been playing so inconsistently that we, you know, the the the, the seats are getting hot under both Brad Stevens' um, butt and um, Danny Ainge's butt. I think, especially if you listen to our last podcast, um, you know, we came out and we definitely made some strong statements about those guys' jobs. Um, and I think the same way we felt, a lot of in the media felt this as well. Um, so I felt as though Danny Ainge felt as though he needed to come out. He had one interview on Monday. He had another interview on Wednesday or Thursday, I think, where he was defending Brad Stevens, just making sure, reassuring people that Brad Stevens is doing a great job. It's really the players that are not being people in the blame of himself. And the players, he's putting a lot of blame on him for the the roster that he put together and that Brad Stevens is working his hardest, which I, I do think Brad Stevens is working his hardest. I do think he's a really hard worker, a really smart guy. But 
when you have a team that's not motivated every night, I think some of that falls on the coach. I, I do know the schedule's been a little tough on the players. Um, some of the players were retired. Um, but losing to the Hawks, so you, you unacceptable. Just, I, I just think that's unacceptable. Losing to the it is, absolutely losing to the Wizards, I just think all those games were unacceptable because it shows you. They lost one game to the Hawks, and then the next game, which was two days after that, they won that game handily. So if you could right. have won that first game, why didn't you play well enough to win, win that first game? I mean, right. So a little bit of it falls on the coach for sure. I yeah. don't. I'm not gonna put Brad Stevens under the water quite yet. I'd like to. Um, I think both guys on the water from on on the water from both Brad Stevens. Both of those guys need to work to save their jobs. Um, in my opinion, right now. But in my opinion, both of those guys need work to get their team to perfect perform consistently. The Celtics doesn't have a bad team. They have a real team with talented players. They're just not being consistent enough, both on the defensive side and the offensive side of the ball. When you look at a game like the last game they played against the Hawks, that was a really good game by a really good team. Um, they played well, played together. Everybody um, contributed. Um, there weren't a lot of selfish plays. But then there are games where uh, there's a lot of um, – individual plays by John Brown, by Jason Tatum. They're not playing together as a team. They're not playing great defense. They're not getting back on defense. When that happens, every other game, you you mean, you know, you win a game against the Nuggets, which is a really good team in the league. And then the next game against one of the worst teams in the league, the Hawks, you lose. It's almost right. like, well, I, I, I don't know. I don't Consistency. know what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, I think that's the issue for the Celtics. And as much, like I said, as much as Daniel would like to save Brad Stevens and not give him blame, I do think he has some blame. No, for sure, definitely here, but yes, you're saying those are definitely all good points. Um, you know, was disappointing them to the Hawks on Wednesday, the first game that they played against them. I think a big part of that was, um, you know, not having uh, Jimbo Walker, who obviously hasn't been able to play on back-to-backs. Um, and that was the second night of a back-to-back since they played the Nuggets before. So I think, you know, having his presence out there was definitely a factor. Um, you know, and then not having Daniel Tetz as well. Was, and then who didn't play that game either. And they both played the second game uh, against the Hawks on Friday. And we saw how much of a difference, you know, having those two in the rotation, uh, you know, makes because we don't really have anyone else that can, you know, make up for, um, you know, for, for, the, for their losses when, when they're not, you know, playing on the court. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it's definitely been disappointing uh, what we've seen from this Celtics team uh, to, to this point. Uh, it, it's like w- w- what I'm seeing is that they're playing down to their competition. That, that, Every that's time. Really, that, that's exactly what I'm seeing. That's about the only thing they're doing consistently uh, this this season is playing down to their competition. When they play against really good teams like the Toronto Raptors and the Nuggets, they're you know, able to play really well and win those games. But, you know, like, you know, I'd say when they play against, you know, the Hawks, um, you know, the Wizards, the, even the Pistons, like those are three of the worst teams, um, you know, in, in the NBA. They're not able to beat those teams, which is uh, extremely down to you know, frustrating and, and discouraging uh, to, to, to see that. Uh, you know, you're right, John, absolutely. And it, it certainly, uh, you know, aggravating to continue to see uh, them do that at this point of, of the season that, you know, they, they haven't been able to beat the teams that they're, you know, supposed to, to beat. Uh, and instead, of, you know, they're, they're doing the exact opposite of what they should be doing. So uh, that's something that you're at needs to turn around ASAP, um, you know, without question. I uh, think, you know, Danny just certainly, you know, right about holding himself 
accountable and, uh, and you know, not putting, you know, the blame on Brad Stevens or, you know, any of the other players like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown that, you know, it's his fault that, you know, the team has played as poorly as they have, uh, you know, recently because, right, he didn't do a good enough job in putting the team together that can be able to be in the league team in the Eastern Conference and that can continue to keep, uh, you know, getting better from what they've done, you know, recently. It's, it seems like they've taken multiple steps back um, this year. I think, you know, it's certainly costing them, you know, the terrible offseason that he had. It's, it's really, uh, you know, putting a damper on this team and really putting them in a bad, uh, you know, situation where right now they're at best the fourth best team in the conference, <laughs> you know, and I don't really see them getting any higher than that, even with the uh, the Bucks, you know, struggling lately uh, and not playing well. I don't really see them getting, you know, past the Bucks, so they're probably stuck right on that four or five, um, you know, range and don't really seem like they can contend and beat, you know, any of those top three teams. I don't really feel too confident in that. Uh, I think, you know, certainly they've, uh, you know, I think they even missed Gordon Hayward. They haven't been able to play replace his production um, on the court and uh, no, no one else that has, you know, been playing, uh, you know, on, on the bench has, you know, played even close to uh, what, you know, Gordon Hayward was playing when he was on the floor. Like, yeah, he was injury prone and, uh, you know, and missed, you know, a lot of games quite a, to those injuries. But when he was on the court, you can tell that he was a very, you know, productive and uh, ineffective player. And, and, and they haven't been able to, you know, fill that void. I think, you know, not doing that deal with Indiana has certainly came back to, to bit them in, in the ass because they could have, uh, you know, gotten that deal with Indiana, gotten a couple of, you know, good pieces that can, you know, contribute and make more of an impact than uh, what the impact that these guys are making right now that they currently have on the roster. Because, you know, like, you know, Simi Ojale, uh, you know, uh, Javon Day Green, they shouldn't be playing uh, major minutes in a rotation. Uh, and, and and those are guys, or even Grant Williams, those are guys that I think, you know... Sammy's done some stuff. Yeah, he does, year. but it hasn't been, you know, c- consistently. But, you know, besides Tatum and Brown, no one has really been, uh, been doing it consistently. But I just think that, you know, those guys, their role shouldn't be... Um, you know, as big and their minutes shouldn't be as much as, uh, you know, as, as it has. But, I mean, you can't blame Vlad Stevens for that because he's only playing who he's got on the roster. Uh, so, he, you know, he certainly has to do, Danny Ainge, excuse me, has to do a better, you know, job, you know, coming up in this trade deadline. I don't even think he can wait for the trade deadline. He should be doing it as we speak in terms of, uh, you know, upgrading the roster and, uh, you know, and improving the bench and, and, and the role players to drive. They need better role players and more, you know, productive, you know, role players that are actually going to excel in, in, in their roles and that we know what we're going to get out of, you know, night in and night out. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much what it is well, with, with the Celtics right now is, you know, they're Danny Ainge underachieving and not, doing what he's, you know, what he's been supposed to do and what he's capable of doing has, um, you know, really uh, put, you know, Brad Stevens and the rest of his team in a tough spot. I think he's definitely correct on um, the, the maturity issue, you know, because we have, we have a bunch of young guys, you know, we're one of the youngest teams out there, you know what I'm saying? Like our two stars are barely 25 years old. So it's like, you know, there's definitely that maturity issue and they didn't come in as like the number one guys either. You know, they came in as, as number two, three guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, so like that maturity, they haven't they haven't reached it yet. I think we talked about that in the last 
last episode when we were talking about Jason Tatum versus Mitchell, right? Like he he has not matured into like that leader that we need yet. You know, he's still quiet, he's still timid and stuff like that. Um, not as aggressive as I don't know we see most superstars are. And he's gonna have to work on that situation right there. And our bench, like we're so young, man. We're relying on you know a guy like Peyton Pritchard. You know what I'm saying? A rookie to come in and, and do anything in this league. You're not really in a good position. You know what I'm saying? Unless you have, like, you know, uh, a, a LeBron James that's going to come off the bench for you as a rookie. Like, you're not really doing much, you know, um, to, to move the needle there. So we definitely need more veteran um, presence. I think the most vet guy is what? Like Kemba and um, Tristan Thompson? Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague. And even Jeff Teague, he hasn't been very right, impressive exactly. all season I mean- either. Exactly. He hasn't done shit. It, He's been very inconsistent, real. you know, so... Um, He's just I been think... consistently bad, John. Not only inconsistent, the guy's been consistently horrific, horrendous. Another bad move We've got nothing from him. Another bad move by Oh, absolutely. Another one, right. No, definitely another terrible move. He, they, they shouldn't have brought him in. They should have looked to bring in a younger, uh, you know, point guard, you know, that could back up Kimber Walker and that could, you know, make much more of an impact, uh, you know, and, and, and play better than what Teague has played. Because you're right, we haven't gotten anything from him since day one. And, I mean, I think it also shows how much we've missed Marcus Smart the last, oh, yeah. you know, couple yeah, weeks. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Even with him, like, we weren't the best defensive team in the league, but we didn't look the way we've this looked in some, of the, in some of these games. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he kept us together in a lot of games, you know, defensively kept guys, you know, locked in. And we don't have anybody with that dog mentality that, that's in the game um, helping us out right now. So hopefully he makes um, a return really quick. Right? I've actually heard some news in regards to that. So they're hoping that uh, Marcus Smart, that the Celtics can, um, you know, bring him back for the start of the second half of the season. Uh, that would, that would be nice. Break. Uh, no, for I, sure. I, I, I think they, they should really need him back in the worst way. They should keep him out until the All Star break, just to make sure he's fully healed. Because we see how important he is. Um, and I think when he does come back and get some of the other pieces, we'll be, you know, in a much better position. But this team, I think, is definitely sorely missing some veteran presence. Um, you know, some guys that's been doing it. We definitely need to use that trade exception for a guy like Vucevic or something. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I really I like, like that. I really I like, like Vucevic from Orlando Magic. You know what I mean? True, and he's um, been going off lately. Have you been seeing his games? My he's a, he's on my fantasy team, so I know what he's doing. So you know what? You exactly. know what I mean? Like he's, he's you know right. You know how he's been balling, right? right. And, you know what I mean? Like that's a guy that can put up thirty on a nightly basis if he really wanted, and if he was in the right offense to do that. And you know, even then, he's doing it with the Orlando Magic. So um, we definitely need to use something. That the team needs a spark. You know what I'm saying? We need a spark this year for sure. And um, I think you were correct, Barry. You know, we talk a lot about Gordon Hayward not doing what he's supposed to do because, you know, the money that he's owed. But we definitely miss some of his production here, you know, especially Mm -hmm. with guys getting injured and nobody to step up to take those shots or make those shots. So um, we're relying on Sammy Ogilvy and Grant Williams, and that's bad news. Right, and those guys are win scorers. That's bad news, you know. They they have their spurts, but they're not, you know, they're not the image of consistency. I say that much. Right, right. You can expect, you know, the, for them to do that, you know, them in every night, once in a while. Okay, but right, not right, not uh, consistent basis. A name that I've been hearing, guys. Uh, I think that's pretty interesting that the Celtics could, you know, make as a trade target and go after is Harrison Barnes from the Kings. How do you? Guys yeah, I've been hearing that a lot uh, too. About that, would you guys like to to see him? 
uh, the Celtics bring him in and, and make a deal for him? Absolutely. He does everything. He does everything. He's not great at everything, but he does everything. You know what I mean? He can he can score. He can defend. He can rebound. He can set people up. Like, he's he's a solid NBA player that you can use with that exception that can come in and actually help the team, you know. Um, when we played him last time with Sacramento, he was killing us, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, we've seen him on the Warriors. We've seen what he can do. We've seen him on the Mavericks. Like, he's not a bad he's not a bad player at all. So you're saying that you're going to trade for him? With the player yeah, exception. Yeah, they would use the trade exception for him. Oh, he's okay. one of the players that they can use that exception. Yeah. yeah. I think he helps yeah, well, the team right away. that, Vlad? Would you agree with uh, John? I just don't want to give anybody up for him. But if you use the trade exception, sure. We wouldn't have to give anybody up. Yeah. Right. Um, but we need to make a roster spot. I'll say, I'll say that, you know, send somebody to the G League, man, you know. Exactly. Like um, they got quite a few guys that should be in the G League right now. So, yeah, send them over there and have send them. Send, like, send Neesmith. Send him over there. Exactly. You that's what, what, he's been, that's he's what been I've been playing saying, like, right. He's been no, playing I've like, seen him. He's been playing like 25, 28 minutes a game. So, I don't know if they're sending him. I think they might send some of those other guys. Um, what, Tremont Waters? One of those guys, yeah. They need to send what him, Taco. Or, yeah, who? Right. Like, um, Edwards? Right, right. They yeah, send, send somebody down Listen, there. these guys are not doing nothing. Send them. You know, right, uh, right. Since, since the last uh, episode, the, the Celtics played uh, about three games. Uh, they played the Nuggets, which Vlad um, mentioned earlier. They won 112 to 108. Um, they played the, the Hawks twice. The first game they lost, 122-114. And the next game they won, 121-109. Um, and they were up by at least like 30 in the second game. So um, they came back and did what they had to do and took the games. Um, the next game is going to be – well, it's actually happening right now as we record the podcast on this Sunday, uh, the Celtics versus Pelicans. Um, so we'll, we'll update you guys on what happens with that. And I know you guys actually already gave some of your thoughts on the games, um, you know, as to what happened. Because I know, Barry, you talked about the Atlanta Hawks and how we should beat them. Vlad, you talked about what happened versus the Nuggets. So um, it's not much more we need to really, um, you know, dive into. But the Celtics, any, the Celtics are winning right now 30-28. Um, mm-hmm. I'm watching the game right now as we speak. and um, um, Oh, that's what Vlad's doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jalen Brown has 11 points, four rebounds, five assists. Yeah, it's looking okay. I mean, the Pelicans are not a bad team. They're not. So we'll no, see what they're, happens, they're man. They're a pretty good team. Right, right. No, that's that's a big um game for the Celtics, for, for sure, to, you know, play them, uh, you know, on, on the road in, in New Orleans where they usually play well. So I think, you know, we, we need to see them play well on this road trip that's coming up. Uh, they, you know, got to – Pretty big road trip because you know they play the Pelicans today. Then on Tuesday they play the Mavs. Mavs, yeah. Um, and, and that's a you know another big and tough game uh, for them in, in Dallas going against Luca. And then they play on Wednesday, but second a back to back. And we know how this team has had you know tough times on uh, you know second you know games of back to back. They play Atlanta at um, Atlanta, who just gave them a tough time uh, you know here. So I mean, it's certainly a big um you know, a few games coming up for this team. So, you know, we're, we're going to see where they're at and, you know, how good they can be going against, uh, you know, so some teams that are, you know, that are pretty good. So I'm looking forward to seeing whether this team can, you know, play well on the road and, you know, and, and be consistent and continue to improve and, and, and get better and, uh, you know, and, and make progress. And, but, uh, yeah, that last thing I want to say, John, I know you were saying that a player, you know, an NBA player said that um, Tatum and Brown aren't, uh, doing 
enough to make the rest of the teams better and that they, you know, need to do, you know, they, they need to be better right, right. playmakers and, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff. I, I actually could kind of see what they're saying and agree with that. I think, you know, they're, you know, both really good scorers and have been scoring at a high level. Uh, but you're right, they could definitely pick up uh, their playmate, um, you know, abilities and, and do a better job of that. But I think another part of it is that they don't trust the guys that, that you know, that, that are playing well, around. I mean, would you? And, you know, of course not. I, I, it's I, like, who do, who do they have to do them. anything with? You know what I'm saying? Right, like, that they can actually you, trust and rely you, on. You can't make anybody better if they're not hitting shots. You know what I mean? Like, they're inconsistent. So, like, how can we make the, We can't force them. You know what I mean? Like, like, right, like right. you guys were saying, some of these sequences where Jalen Brown is going and busting a three and not even looking at other guys, you know what I mean? Not even picking up his head to, to look for anybody else. It's like, well, you know, if I'm on the I'm on the court, Kemba's not on the court, Tatum's not on the court, who really do I have to pass it to? I mean, Smart's not on the court. Like, what well, are we doing? You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I think they're, they're in a hard place because we've seen what they can do when, when there's capable players around them. Right. No, for, for, for sure. I, I, absolutely. So, yeah, no, it is a tough, um, no, it's just a tough thing to judge, you know, you know, just because, like you said, we don't, they don't have the right, you know, supporting cast around them and guys that, you know, they can, you know, be able to, you know, re- re- rely on and be able to, you know, pass the ball to that can actually make plays and, um, you know, and then score, you know, a, a effectively. You know, we haven't seen that. So, uh, you know, so, so it's just tough that, you know, people are saying that with, with the kind of team that we have right now, I don't think it's fair to, you know, to judge Tatum and Brown on their playmaking abilities with the current roster. Right, that's a fact, man. Um, so let, let, let's um, wrap up with the NBA and go into the MLB with a couple of news going on. Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, signed a 14, 14, good Lord, yes, um, signed 14. a 14-year, 300- $40 million deal with the San Diego Padres. That guy is set up for life. His grandkids are set up for life. Their grandkids are set up for life if he uses that, you know, contract the way he's supposed to do. 14 years is a really long time. Um, and, you know, as a player, you want that kind of year because your future is secured forever. And, like, yeah, these contracts are guaranteed and you're going to have to pay me regardless what happened. You can release me tomorrow. You still owe me three hundred forty million dollars. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, still gonna get a you know. Can I get, can my I get money a, and stuff? Can I get a fourteen year a million um a million dollar a year contract to my job? That's that's all I need. Fourteen years a million. Fourteen year a million. Fourteen million dollar a million a year. A million. A, ooh. Oh, that's all ooh. you need, and you'd be that, good with that. I mean, <laughs> wow. I, I mean, uh, listen, that would be nice. This that guy got really th- nice. This guy got three hundred and forty. All I need is. 14. 14. <laughs> right. An interesting thing that I actually found out is that apparently he owes, of, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, he owes an investment of fund uh, millions of dollars. So some, some of that money is actually going to, you know, go to that, you know, fund that he owes and to pay back the debt that he right. owes. I bet you it wasn't three hundred forty million though. So yeah. take what you need right, right. and leave me the I'm fuck sure alone. It wasn't. Right, right. You know, I, take sure. your shit and go. Goodbye. Exactly. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like take your money and keep it moving. Right. Thanks right. for nothing. Bye. Um, <laughs> yeah, see ya. Have a nice life. Yeah. <laughs> more MLB news: The Red Sox signed two signed a two year contract with right handed Japanese pitcher Hiroku Hirokazu Somura Hirokazu Hirokazu Somura. 
You know how no, to say his name? You pronounce his name. I'm impressed by that. I Hirokazu Shimaru. His name when I start. Hirokazu Sam Suamura. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he tried it. <laughs> Hirokazu no. Suamura. Yeah, Hirokazu Suamura. Yeah, say that five yeah. times fast. <laughs> no, <for real. laughs> um, listen, I don't no, know too much Japanese about these people have like the weirdest and hardest name to pronounce. Well, it's to not, us, it's, not, to it's us. not weird. It's their name. Like, to us, it's yeah. weird. But but to them, that's like that's dude. That's John over there. Yeah, you know, right, no, <laughs> you know that's a common name. Yeah. Them, right, right. But to us, it seems like not awkward and weird. Right yeah, yeah. over there, say so you ain't nobody special. Yeah, I mean, everybody's name is Chenzen or something. You know, right, so right. you're just another guy, right? Right. You know, over here though, it's like what? It's like who? Like okay. Oh, like what's that guy's name? Yeah. Um, and lastly, pitchers and catchers report to spring training, so it's getting real out there. Pitchers and catchers are there working, um, making sure they get them their mechanics in order on whatever they got to do. Um, that's your MLB update. Some NHL updates. We don't have too much, but the Bruins played the Devils. Who who's that? Um, New Jersey. New Jersey Devils. New Jersey. Yeah. See, I know, I know hockey, man. They think I don't know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, they played the Devils, and they lost 3-2. The Bruins will play uh, the Flyers outdoor in Lake Tahoe. So um, any, any quick word you wanted to say about the game that happened between the, the Devils, Barry? Uh, yeah, I just you know, wanted to say I think, you know, this unfortunately was, uh, you know, a, a really terrible game for the, the Bruins. They didn't play well. Um, at all. It looked like, you know, they got outplayed pretty much in every aspect of the game. And, you know, New Jersey Devils took it, you know, right to them, you know, right from the faceoff. And, um, you know, and, and, and pretty much never looked you know, back. control the game. You know, yeah, exactly. Ne ne never looked back. And, you know, they, you know, got out to early lead and, you know, the, made the Bruins play catch up. Uh, and they've actually, Bruins have been good at coming back. But this was one of those games where, uh, you know, they just couldn't come back and, you know, they, even said it themselves that they can't continue to keep, you know, you know, doing these slow starts and, you know, and putting themselves in positions where they have to come back because, you know, it's nice when they do it, but you can't, you know, expect for them to, you know, do it every time and come back, you know, when, when in those, in those situations uh, more times than not. So yeah, the, 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 you know, the, the, again, you know, that caught up with them getting off to a slow start and not, and coming out pretty flat, um, you know, as they did. So, you know, hopefully uh, with this game coming up against the Flyers and Nick Lake Tahoe um, on Sunday night, uh, they're able to, you know, play much better, you know, right off the, you know, the face off and, you know, and, and come out ready to play. Because yeah, they do that on, on Thursday against New Jersey and that pretty much cost them the game. I hear that, man. Um, so, I mean, good luck to the Bruins. Um, I know they've been doing really good things and hopefully they get back on the winning records and winning tracks. So, um, lastly... Right, I'm actually excited about the, this game. I'm actually going to be watching the game. I think it's going to be pretty cool and pretty awesome there. I like when they do outdoors. when they do the outdoor stuff. I feel like it's like goes back to like natural, you know, what, what hockey naturally was. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Back, like the backyard of type of stuff. Right, right. Right. Yeah, oh, no, for no sure, I like man. that. Actually, I went ice skating too. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Ice skating. Ooh, nice. That's no, awesome. no, I, I, I went ice skating too on my little ski trip. You know what I mean? Ooh, and, um, is that I right? felt like a hockey player a little bit. Um, my boy, my boy Andy, uh, he actually tried to do one of those. You know, when when the hockey players are going so fast and they like stop and the and the ice shaving goes all goes all over before they hit the board. 
he tried to do that and he slammed into the board instead. So shout Ooh. outs to Andy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's like, yo, I tried to slide in there. I'm like, you idiot. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he could slide in. He thought like, he was that nice. Man, so. you're doing too much, man. You're doing too much. You know yeah, what I mean? He so, thought he had the skills. <laughs> yeah. That's my dog. Shout outs to Andy, man. Uh, um, but yeah, I, man. What else? Oh uh, no, just wanted to point out an interesting thing that the Bruins have been experimenting lately is that they've been putting Pasternak on the second line with uh, David Krejci, um, mm. you know, in, instead of the first line that he typically plays in with, you know, Marchand and uh, Bergeron. So, More firepower for the second line. Right, right. I and get that, it. And that's what they've been, been lacking the last um, several years. They haven't been able to find a, you know, consistent, you know, wing player and, um, you know, se- second guy on that second line that can play well with David Krejci. And that's actually been you know, working out pretty well. Those two guys playing together on the second line, it's been, uh, like you said, John, giving them more firepower and more, more of, a, of a spark that they needed. So when the top line's not on the ice, you know, they're just still able to, you know what I'm saying, have some production out there and guys that can, you know, can, can effectively play well. So, uh, but I think I, it's, we'll see how long they're going to be doing this for because I think, you know, as we, you know, get, you know, closer to the end of the season um, and into the playoffs, I think, you know, Pasternak is going to go back to, you know, the first line and play with, you know, Marshawn and Bergeron. And uh, they're, they're going to have to find somebody to, to be able to play with, you know, with Krejci, who, who's been playing well, even though he's not going to play in this game in, in uh, Lake Tahoe against the Flyers. Uh, you know, he, he's been doing pretty well, but they're going to find they have to get some better and more consistent play from their second line uh, when Pasternak does move back up to the first line. Um, yeah. you know, hey, man. Good, yeah. Yeah, we know good teams do what they got to do to make sure that, you know, everything's working as properly as it should. So um, I don't disagree with the line change right there. But, you know, we know Pasternak's one of the best scorers in this league. So at some point, he's going to come back. You know what I'm saying? Um, But with that said, we're going to move on from the NHL and move into the Be Money Lifestyle Person of the Week. I believe you got two more people on here this week as well. So uh, what's going on with that? Yes. So for the Be Money Lifestyle Person of the week we have a couple of individuals that have you know been actually doing a lot for uh, a community that really needs it right now and uh those individuals are Dak Prescott and Pierre uh Desir. Pierre Desir. So, Pierre Desir. Oh, he's, he's Haitian Desir. he is Haitian actually yeah uh, right, right. So, actually I'm gonna throw one to... more one more person in there Robert Griffin the third oh he's also Haitian no, no, no. Exactly what you're about to explain. About I'm going to throw explain. his name oh, in there. Okay. He, yeah. He's been doing uh, work and helping out as well. Exactly. Right? That's awesome. I didn't hear about that, but thanks for, you know, letting us know about that, John. Appreciate it. So, you know, what those guys have been doing is uh, out in Texas. If you guys, you know, haven't heard, uh, you know, they had a big snowstorm there this weekend. They had, uh, you know, some power outages due to that, you know, snowstorm that, you know, that they had. So, it's been a lot of, you know, people that have, you know, really been struggling to get, you know, electricity and, you know, and food and, you know, have their, you know, basic resources that we need to, you know, live our everyday lives. So uh, what, you know, Pierre Desir did or Desir, I got to get that name right. I got to get right. Desir, what he did was he ended up uh, donating uh, 10,000 meals over there to the, you know, community in Houston. Uh, the Houston Food Bank to help people affected by the winter storm that left 
millions without power in Texas. So, uh, and what's interesting about that is that he has no ties to Houston. He's not from there or anything, or doesn't have any family uh, from out there. Uh, so it, that was pretty cool and pretty awesome that he was able to, you know, to do that without, you know, having any ties, uh, you know, to Houston. And he, the reason why he did it, um, in his words, is because he said that he felt like it was the right, the thing, right thing to do. the right thing to do. Right, right. You, you heard him say that too, John. So That's all he yeah. said. It was the right thing to do. Right, right. But, Shoot, he kept it short and sweet, and he certainly wasn't wrong about about saying that uh, and about doing that. So that that that's a really great thing, um, you know, that he was able to do to you know to give back to you know people that he doesn't know and that people that clearly need the help, um, you know, in, in a tough time that's going out there in, in Houston. So yeah. he did that, and then Dak Prescott did you know something similar. He was he you know donated. Uh, you know, a lot of meals to uh, to a shelter in a, you know in Texas as well. So uh, to to homeless people that you know that that needed it too. So they so he you know did that and provided them with meals. Uh, you know for the same reason, obviously due to you know people not having any power and you know and the resources that they need. So and being stuck in a in a shelter. So that's you know really great and really awesome that those guys did that. Uh, you know, and definitely wanted to commend them for it, uh, you know, of being, you know, high integrity and high character guys, uh, you know, and, and, and being, you know, really good people. We know, you know, Dak Prescott was a good person. He's, uh, you know, already done uh, several things and, you know, that Dallas uh, Texas community to, you know, to help them out. And, uh, you know, he's been going through some stuff as well, you know, recently. So it's good that he was able to still uh, give back to that community, you know, despite of what he's been going through in his, you know, personal life and, you know, going through, um, you know, depression that he just, you know, had and was able to get over it and still continue to be active. So, you know, definitely shout out to him and shout out to Pierre Desir, um as well. And uh, what did uh, Robert Griffin do? I didn't hear that. So did he donate meals? He donated uh, meals. As well, Yes, same thing. So, um, you know, I always say, man, like, it's really cool for the players to do stuff like that. But, like, what are the organizations doing? That's what I want to hear about, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, they got all the money. These players, they're, they're playing for their livelihood, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you guys employ a lot of those people. What do you guys do in the community? I'm not saying that they're not doing it, but I'd like to see more reports on, hey, you know, you know, you know, when 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 the coronavirus mask was being driven by by um robert Kraft, that was like major news you know what i mean so like why do i not see the major news on these organizations helping out these cities and um another thing too like somebody like senator cruz is going to cancun while this shit's going on and players that aren't even not that are not even from your city are sending meals over to your people which you know i i feel like it's really backwards so shout out to those guys for sure man yeah de definitely absolutely and um yeah, definitely big shout out to RG3 for doing the same thing too. I didn't even uh, think, and he's he's actually from Texas too, isn't he? Because I know he played uh, from the area. college ball in um in Baylor, so mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he is a Texas guy. So that's great that he was able to you know help out his you know people and you know his community um you know out there and during that uh, storm uh you know that happened. So yeah, shout out to. You know, Dak Prescott and Pierre Desir and Robert Griffin for being, you know, the B-Money Lifestyle People of the Week. And that's definitely that B-Money Lifestyle. Thank you, Barry. We appreciate that. And with that said, that is episode number 49. If you're still listening, 
paying attention, please don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And if you are still listening, actually, episode 50, we got a big guest coming up for you yes, guys. Yes. You know what I mean? I wanted to leave that as last because if you're listening, then you'll be a little excited about it. So, um, yes, stay again, tuned. thank you so much. Big, big time guest. Big, big deal, big deal. So um, until episode 50, man, have a good week. Peace out. Peace, Peace out. out. Have a good week, everybody. See you next week for episode 50. 5-0.